Quite a few of the guests we've had on this show have been graduates of my Magical Fortitude Ancestors and Place course, in which participants learn how to heal the dead, work with the dead, call in their own ancestors for support, protection, and inspiration, learn to work with ancestors who are outside of their bloodlines, as well as developing healthy relationships with the spirits of the land and place. If these sound like things that interest you, this course is now available to the general public for the very first time. I also have a new chapbook out of prayers and working, some original and some elsewise sourced, um, for working with St. Michael and all angels. It serves as a sort of angelic primer and offers several options of different modalities of how to get more specific with one's angelic practice depending on your personal preferences and taste. If these sound like things you're interested in, check out the show notes and head on over. They're available now. And without further self-promotion, we're about to talk to Kelby. This is a really good one. So, buckle up. There will be N-words. Pray to God that don't nobody mess with us. Keep it strong in case anyone tests us. Right or wrong, if it's this, you don't mess with it. When your bitch over here, I don't mess with her. No detective work, I don't be questioning. When she been trying to read all her messages. I don't speak on no man that's irregular. Take her phone, disconnecting the cellular. What you need that for undressing her? What you did that for caressing her? Spreading her legs about the pleasure her. Pulling her half from the back or the pressing her. Trying to see who tap first made a bet with her. Relationship flicking, no eczema. She catching feelings, she say we inseparable. Oyster perpetual, it's not a replica. Mustang GT in the street smoking vegetables. Drunk in the front, do it make me an elephant? I really, really preserving my beverages. Shopping in Beverly, check out my etiquette. Loving my swag, women Taylor keep checking it. Carrots they glisten in all of my necklaces. Feeling myself, really thought it was elegant. I kind of just exist on recording lately, and I forget sometimes, I'll be like, didn't we say that on the show already? And like, I don't, I mean, maybe we did, maybe we didn't, I just assume I'm just on record all the time. <laughs> don't you yeah. do audiobooks too? Yeah, 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 I've been doing that, so I'm just always talking into a fucking microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool though, it's like... Uh, if if you're saying stuff and that's potentially material, it's like why why would you turn it off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it uh I don't know. It's a cool live. Uh, I heard it. I heard podcasting recently described as a live thought. I think this was on a Contain pod. Yeah, it was on an episode of Contain. Uh, They're talking about the podcast being a medium of live thinking where like before you didn't have like if you transcribed a lot of any podcast episode like word for word it'd look retarded it's <laughs> like it'd be a lot of stop and start because you know people are doing this thing that i'm doing like you know where y'all get where i'm going but yeah. i don't have to finish the full if you write it down it's like what is he saying <laughs> but uh yeah so it's like a live uh 
thought performance. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's, I like that. Yeah, I, I think that's super important because the, it's like one of my things I fucking rail about all the time is, is how I don't like that more and more you kind of, it's kind of getting to the point where you could transcribe podcast, some of them, a lot of them, and, and they would read like a script and it's like, but that's not how people are, you know? People fumble through words and they need to like figure out how to get there. And, and all that grasping and shit is like part of the storytelling. And uh, and like if we forget, I think it's like the more we're online and the more we're seeing these like edited versions of reality, it's like programming us to think we always have to sound that smart or to always be on our fucking A game. And uh, that's just trash. That's a shit way to try and live. Yeah. And it's uh, it's more interesting to see it in this format because like you have uh, you we were talking about Lynch right before, you know, Lynch is a painter, is a musician and is a filmmaker. And he does like everything. I think his films, a lot of people consider his films to be like moving paintings. Right. But it's still, there's still separate mediums and you got to work in the medium that you're using, like not treat, don't treat a book like a movie, like, oh, yeah. and then he looked this way, like, describe it like there's camera cuts or whatever. It's like, no, it's a book. Tell the story. And then with podcasts, it's like, oh, I got to make sure that I'm articulating myself the right way and, like, I'm coming prepared. It's like, don't prepare. Just fucking sit and talk. <laughs> like, Yeah. What's, what's really fascinating is it's taken it this long to turn into this. With, like because like podcast like podcasts became they've been around i don't know how long now but it only seems like now for some reason that it's really embraced this this sort of like messy natural conversations mm -hmm. that people tend to have uh whereas i feel like it when it started out is it rapidly became dominated uh by kind of broadcast thinking like that that you know like what you're talking about where like everything has to be very polished and you have to really think through everything and like um it's just it's just how many how many years has, has this been around and now finally it feels like it's it's reached what it's supposed to be to the point where people don't actually re even remember the technology that it's named after Pop yeah right <laughs> yeah an ipod right? yeah. yeah daddy what the fuck is an ipod like, <laughs> it's like that went the way of the eight track it's not right. even, <laughs> yeah. kids are gonna know what cds and the, i mean especially lps they're gonna know what those are because those are big those are just staying big i guess but uh yeah they're gonna be like ipod what are you talking about it's almost like what if what if we didn't have a name for music before eight tracks and we just called all music eight tracks forever. <laughs> yeah that, yeah yeah i really i like calling it a show it could just a podcast just sounds so weird <laughs> i find that it feels weird coming out of my mouth like I, I don't feel like it ever has strength as a word it's like podcast and i'm like oh no no it's flat mm -hmm. yeah i, I yeah, no. actually uh, go ahead sorry I was just going to say, it has that weird mouth feel that when yeah. you're telling people, like, what do you do? It's like, I'm a radio personality. I actually wonder if, because uh, I never would have thought people would start uh, wanting fucking cassette players, like, you know, Walkmans. Like, that's mm -hmm. a thing now. That's like, people are 
like I have a friend that hunted down a vintage Walkman and is like buying buying tapes for it. And he's like, I just oh, love yeah. experiencing music this way. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, so I'm wondering if like if actual like uh iPods will ever if that'll ever happen for them where people will get nostalgic for that piece of fucking media. It doesn't it because I would never think anyone would be nostalgic for fucking Walkmans, but they are. It's like the real heart is in these like low quality mono MP3s that I ripped. The the worst. Like <laughs> I I get it with um, <clears throat> the some more complicated rock music, I guess, like Fugazi and stuff, but like especially with rap music, I get it. The whole like uh, you don't understand how different the quality is. Like I can actually, I can pick up on that kind of shit. Cause like certain things that I would, that I would bump like in the car on, on a CD, on the CD player, I'll pull up on Spotify, like ASAP Rocky's uh, long live ASAP album does not hit. And I only, I mean like physically the bass, like everything, it doesn't hit the same way as it did on the CD. It's huh. weird. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just compressed get, as shit. Or yeah, so I guess the compression, you get to the certain point and you're like, this is it. And then it like doesn't come. You're like, where'd it go? Like, where's that hmm. sound? It's supposed to like hit me in the chest. Where'd it go? Yeah. Weird. Well, it also has to be a certain quality of MP3 or audio file to even carry sub subsonic bass, like at all. So there's like if you if you just get like the cheap or the the like easy uh space saving downloads even on spotify i'm pretty sure you can't get the right thump in a car yeah yeah that makes sense because there's a physicality to it like it's sonic like you said like and it's 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 the bass that rattles your chest is actually this stuff that's too low to hear so what happens is like you can listen to it and everything sounds the same to your ear but you just don't feel it the same oh that's crazy yeah so it's it's, it's, it's wild world well, uh, I was actually I was talking to this guy who does um, he does sound engineering, and we were talking. We started talking about reverb, and he was like, "You know, like classic reverb was like they were these um, they had these huge studio spaces, and then they had these giant copper sheets, like eight by eight feet mm. or something, and they they would have a, a I think it was a amplifier or something." attached to the sheet so when you heard reverb in those original in original recordings what it was doing is the voice was getting run through this copper sheet yeah and that and that was ringing in relation to the to the voices and it's just fucking like what well like, that's, that's yeah. so crazy to me <laughs> like, it's, it's endlessly cool about sound design because all the effects that you know and you like take for granted they all came from some shit like that at first mm-hmm. or something close like um i mean even in analog or in um yeah in, in analog amps that don't have any like digital effects these days like the ones that are still made today like reverb has always been it's a spring like it's literally just a metal fucking coil in there that makes that echoey sound and like how far down it's muffled determines how big the room sounds like it's oh, crazy whoa. It is crazy. And then you go to like a just whatever DAW you have and you're like, I want it to sound this percentage of wet or dry. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The room is 98% large. 
<laughs> you're, like, you're like going into Sims and making the room, and then you're like, it sounds like this room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that carpet. <laughs> There's one janitor that's always hanging around in the corner. Yeah, he, yeah, he affects the the waves of. <laughs> it's him in his bucket. It's a specific bucket bucket with the like the cruncher. The cruncher <laughs> that, 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 that changes the wet percentage <laughs> significantly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should do a Welcome to Soapbox, uh, the only uh, podcast ever called Soapbox. Uh, that's not true. There's like 50. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's like uh, on Atlanta, whenever they're dogging him in season one for his for his rapper name, they're like, oh, Paperboy, how original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually, I thought of that when I watched it. I was like, damn, they got my number. <laughs> <laughs> we are happily here with uh, Kelby Losak and... Um, we're talking probably a little bit about his new book, which was awesome. And Kurt and I got a chance to read. And then talking about The Wailing, which... Uh, it's a fucking I, crazy movie. Wow. I, yeah. I, I finished it and I went, well, thank God I have two hours to talk about this with people. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of parsing out I need to do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one you got to you gotta kind of comb through and and still be like man what the fuck it it was it was also the rare movie where i was like completely riveted and at the same time i was like wait how much more of this movie there is there yeah yeah it is is fucking shockingly long yeah it kind of i mean normal by today's standards i guess when you have every single movie is like oh yeah it's definitely it's three hours again yeah, two and a half to, yeah but, but it was feels also, long because yeah it, it's not boring it's not even a slow burn like it's no very, not it's at kind all. of fast paced but it just feels long because it's, it's like how much more shit is gonna happen <laughs> yeah it's fucking crazy i almost get the impression that they they, they did their best to get it down to that too Probably, mm. you know, because um, it, it was packed with it was packed with material that all seemed to matter to me. Like, I don't feel like yeah. it was filler. And, and I think the amount of time they spent on everything was really important before they kind of shifted to the next phase every time or like the, the anti upped or whatever. Uh, actually, I, I didn't look this up. Has uh, the guy, the director on this, has he made has he about got a bunch of other films that... Um... No, he's one of my favorite. Like, I would consider him a top 10 filmmaker for what he has made, but it's been like three movies. And okay. this was the last one. I don't know what happened to him. Oh, I don't know what he's been up to because this came out in like 2017, 2018. Okay. I don't, but uh, yeah, this was the last thing he came out with. And he did, uh, he did this movie called The Chaser that was kind of a somewhat standard serial killer like i mean standard it's like a an ex-cop turned pimp is chasing down a serial killer because he kidnapped one of his prostitutes whoa so it's like, okay <laughs> who, who also has a daughter and she gets caught up in the mix and it's like uh hmm. But it's this like that's his most standard, I guess, thriller. And then he's got this one called The Yellow Sea that is a masterpiece and really hard to find. Uh, 
it was briefly on Netflix, like the X-rated version of it was on Netflix back when Netflix was cooler for shit like that. Yeah. And uh and then it just like I guess Fox had a a cut version of it and then they stopped distributing that too. So I don't, it's I'm glad I got to watch that one. That's like this big I think it's also like three hours long, but it's like this guy who has a gambling addiction and he's got this wife who's off fucking some other dude in another country, but he thinks that like some other shit's going on. He's got to go get her back and he gets a chance to go and rescue her or whatever. But to do that, he has to like pull off a hit for the mob and all this kind of crazy shit. And it's like, is korean so it's like there's no guns it's all like axes and knives and wild <laughs> fights and <laughs> it's brutal yeah this that's something you guys talk about a lot on agitator and it's like or I've mentioned several times it's like it's so much more intense like the violence in a place where there aren't guns like it's just a different vibe to see like a guy in a business suit with a fucking hatchet you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it makes me want to have like a Actually, in the next thing I'm writing, um, I kind of don't give much reason for it because there's like there are guns, but there's also like a ton of melee fights just because it. I love the physicality of it. And it's like, why wouldn't they pull out a gun? It's like because the scene would be cooler if they were beating each other. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask stupid questions, man. What are you doing? I've been playing with that idea like with the because I've, I've just been in this kick for a few weeks now where I just suddenly became <coughs> first time in my entire life obsessed with fucking pirates and um, yeah. and like watching Black Sails, which I actually think might be the best show ever made. Um, it's I need there. to get it, on that. I remember it's really was, good. Was it on? What was it on? It was on um, Stars or something yeah. stupid. Like, Slipped by oh, me. Okay. I didn't even yeah. know about this shit. And my wife was like, you haven't seen Black Sails? What are you doing? And I'm like, Okay, I'll try it. And it's like this alternate history of Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. And it has a lot of those characters and a couple of histo actual historical figures in it too. But it there's like zero filler in that whole series. And it was it was produced by Michael Bay. Yeah, which is what? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what what how is how did he how did he get involved in something this high quality? It makes no sense. Well, it was production, <laughs> it was the production money that he put forth that I bet like kept certain standards up too. Yeah. and i think that the like the show directed the, the direction uh that they took it in like i don't know it just all works it feels like divinely inspired i have two episodes left i'm not having finished i'm saving them oh damn those, okay like, but, but, for this episode but um but my god man like no notes no complaints whatsoever on this whole fucking show like i'm i'm a bitch about tv <laughs> <laughs> it, nice. it also uh i want it's not spoiling anything but it ends well too it it and it's like it sticks the landing i forget because, why i brought up pirates now though because you're obsessed with them yeah but why was i telling you guys because <laughs> because kelby's obsessed with uh with fist fights and yes. knife fights thank and you not <laughs> you fucking got me Kurt. that's uh okay so i am brian's outboard brain that's how <laughs> i outsource my memories <laughs> um that's a good way to do it i need <laughs> to give me one of those <laughs> But yeah, I was thinking how cool it is in that world, how they have uh, flint loaders or flint, like the mm. musket uh -huh. like, pistols that half the time don't fire and they're not very accurate. So it's like almost a melee weapon. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really cool. Cause if someone's 50 yards away, like you got to walk 25 to have hope. Uh, and then you get like one, maybe two shots and then you're hand to hand. So it just makes for these really cool dynamics for battle. And I'm like, how can we work that? How can I work that into a story? Maybe it's like so fucking wet somewhere. that they have to like load each shot fast. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like break a seal on something and just like use it immediately or it doesn't work. It just like gets wet. I think that that might be it. Uh, That's like, I recently uh, rewatched the first three pirates of the Caribbean movies with my son and they have that epic battle in the third one with uh, all the like all their guns are getting wet. They're like pow 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 pow, and <laughs> none of them are working. So they're just like ah fuck it, <laughs> slicing each other up. You're talking about the fight where it's like going down the drain. Like it's the three. Yeah, ships. is it that yeah. one? Yeah, all, all three ships are tangled up together. Yeah, it's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, try and take it back. Try and tell everybody because like everybody thought that movie sucked when it came out. They're like. They love the first one. Second one was like, the beginning is too long. And then the third one is like, this shit's just gone off the rails. <laughs> like, no, the third one is the best movie. What's that? <laughs> Brian hates them. <laughs> we don't hate them, but you were like, these are these are like fake pirates compared to the but I I, I also love that. I, I I do I do think I think that I think they're I think the first one is the best one and everyone can kind of agree with it, but I also like the second and third one. Yeah. Perhaps because they're so goddamn absurd. Yeah. Um, they're fucking wild. They're like, <laughs> it's like reading a collection of mythologies, but yeah. like on a roller coaster popcorn movie. And the, the other thing I hear, and this is, this is the thing that I, that some people complain about why those movies are bad. Although I don't think they are. But apparently the the screenwriters were writing it as they were filming. So they were like maybe a week ahead of the production. <laughs> See, they were fucking writing them, which is insane. I, just I, I miss those days. And those days came right before those writer strikes. You remember the 0809 era where that's where TV started getting down to like eight to ten episodes per season, which is I think also like kind of a good move for the most yeah, part, but at the agree. same time, it was like at that time it was because they were all on strike. They were like, these conditions aren't good enough and this and that. And it's like, I kind of miss when y'all had to like, Oh my God, it's coming out tomorrow. Like I got to come up with like that. Was, it came it made more interesting shit. <laughs> like you couldn't think about anything. Well, it's also, it's also insane because you have to imagine like how much money, I mean, that's just this money gobbling machine, right? Like nothing about those movies is cheap. Like every no. every second of them costs like a million fucking dollars or whatever. So yeah. like you're the pressure is on. Like you have to figure this shit out. Like that was fast. like 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 I'm a fan of shitty CGI, like uh, <laughs> Itch, Itchy the Killer and. Uh, Mike's other zebra man has those little green aliens that look like Geocities characters. Like, <laughs> is like I love that. Sh I think that's the best CGI. But like, as far as good looking CGI, that era, like the pirates movies were wild. Like the octopus yeah. dude, like and all. Yeah, the David Jones looked incredible. 
Yeah, all the water drops falling off of him. That shit probably took a million hours each frame of like just gotta put all these drops coming off his jacket. I do think like my railing against those movies lately has been in direct conjunction with my discovering real pirates. So that's like and and like this this feeling of like actually being on a fucking creaking boat and there's no kraken, like you're worried about empire, right? And like to me yeah. that's like that shit's been hitting me hard. So I've been like bitching and moaning about those pirate movies lately, but uh, but they're fucking perfect for what they're, they are. They're like exactly what they're trying to be. And they're like a fun ride that incorporates a bunch of myth. And like, it was kind of like Disney at the top of their game because it it pulled all audiences in. Uh, it was it was really brilliant the way they did it. The, the problem is that it oversaturated everything. And now people can't actually like, in the collective consciousness that has replaced the idea of like the violence of real piracy so there's there's an interesting like sort of arconic like we're going to put in this idea so you don't have the idea of these rebels who are taking down the empire because we don't want right. to like sit with that idea for very long yeah yeah to try and make everything kind of fun and a little a little toothless or playful to like like i i i get that for sure like the way that they make everything fun and cool i mean uh that's that's where superheroes are at right now with the whole yeah. you know it's like making the the military harmless and and fun like just oh you, you know we're just saving the day you know it's not an accident <laughs> <laughs> that's that's big money yeah Oh, I gotta, I gotta, that reminds me, I gotta, there's a book I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look at the title for, for you, Brian, that you would like that, um, it's written by that dude, Hakeem Bey, um, the, the contemporary autonomous zone, the guy that came up with that concept, I, I forget what is that, that's not his actual name, I forget his actual fucking name. But like the mob zone? Uh, what this no. is. Um, it, it's, uh, it's called, I think it's called Pirate Utopias, and it's about, um, oh. It's about the these like independent kingdoms that set up along, I think, around Morocco. Uh, a lot of piracy apparently was like were like Muslim, like Islamic converts, mm. and and that that and then they would set up these independent kingdoms, and so they they they, and it gets to like how they ruled, and that like they had councils and they would decide councils by like like this like weird shin kicking fight was like that's how they would sometimes <laughs> set up something it was just it's a really crazy really bizarre book but it sounds fair yeah <laughs> i love that kind of history shit what like whether it's true or not like yeah who cares we were, <laughs> we were just talking on the uh i think the agitator episode that's coming out or maybe i can't remember but we were just talking on something about uh the orgy of death which was a history or pseudo history about gladiators and how they would like talk to each other. And these, like the gladiators would speak to each other in these kind of grunts or like spinning their dicks around and chilling. Like <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I choose to believe that's true. <laughs> well, they also, they supposedly had a fucking like, uh, uh, they uh sponsorships they had like shit that they would sponsor 
apparently like famous gladiators there was like some guy that was like the basically the michael jordan of gladiators and like i don't know what he like <laughs> i have I, this octavius's mighty tridents for you know for, have a trident for every home i don't know what the fuck he sold but apparently <laughs> comes out with like a monster energy drink brand on his forehead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 Just like, 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 blood and fucking cocaine. Yeah. Right. Caesar, Caesar star brand togas. Get your <laughs> star brand togas today. Right. <laughs> Worn by such such gladiator stars as <laughs> Spartacus walks out looking like a NASCAR. I'll <laughs> decal it out. <laughs> <laughs> You're not Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> so, the plot synopsis of the whaling would take probably half as long as the movie. <laughs> I think. Uh, so, some some bumbling some bumbling cops. The worst cops. Yes. <laughs> on film. Yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of the first season of Fargo, just like the totally unprepared cops in a small town that are like, wait, there's a fucking murder? What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. Somebody needs to call the real cops. <laughs> <laughs> like call, and they're like, own phone rings, like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then she gets wild pretty immediately. It's like uh, uh, people getting rashes and going crazy and killing their families um and dreams and a guy that walks around on all fours eating and sucking the blood out of people and uh and then there's another girl that throws rocks who ends up being something probably a ghost it's all very it's all very ambiguous as to like what what actually happens as far as who's manipulating who and who has what motivations with these two antagonists two possible antagonists um one of which being this japanese man who came from out of town and they pretty much he's like the main suspect uh and and then there's this girl and then the girl yeah i'm doing a great job at this the the girl (laughs) and the girl ends up being uh a ghost and this there's a shaman too and yeah and it's just like the shaman gets it seems to get it wrong every time like everything he thinks i think the the shaman's in on it with the demon guy you think so yeah i think by the time you get to the end i think that's kind of what's you know what watch watch the movie and then come back and listen to this we're not gonna explain all of that we're just gonna talk about it yeah 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 i think that's that that was kind of my takeaway with the shaman too after because i've watched this movie three times now and yeah i was curious because like it definitely feels like it would benefit from seeing more than once yeah and, and even for the like because i'm not even like a plot person i don't really give a shit i'm all about like plot matters to carry what i think what's most important to me is like a vibe or a tone and you know plot does exist as kind of a skeleton to carry that that other shit but uh this time i was like okay i I think the shaman and the devil dude the stranger they're definitely sort of on the same team in some capacity and i think the part that always tripped me up about that though was like the ritual like the death hex 
Yeah. Where it's like, it seems like he's doing something to the stranger. Yeah. But I just, I just don't think he is. Like, I think it's just like part of the rhythm of that scene. Maybe it's kind of how I was like, I think this is just like, this feels like cool. Like it's cutting back and forth between these two rituals, but they're two completely different rituals. Like they don't have anything to do with each other. So it's kind of like throwing you a curveball there, like kind of tripping you up. Like, oh, <clears throat> he's fighting against him. It's like, no, nah, he's he's not doing anything to him. They're they're doing two different things here. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, actually, now that I think about it, you, oh God, it's so fucking. This <laughs> this movie exists with so much ambiguity, because I realize like that it could be a possibility that he. Oh, fuck, I don't know, like uh like that because there's this there, it it flips on you like a couple times where the primary suspect is this japanese guy who's like people keep having these like crazy visions and dreams with him like with blood red eyes and like drinking and feeding on the corpse of deers uh, but then there's a point about halfway through where you actually well i i started to suspect like oh this is a red herring this guy's actually trying to help and the movie goes that way, but then it reverses course on it again, like towards the mm -hmm. end. And, and he just straight up turns into a fucking demon over the end. It was like a yeah. crazy. Yeah. But then there's a part of me that's like, well, mate, was he that the whole time or after they killed him? Was his body, was his corpse then possessed? Uh, which I, you know, that that's all I didn't even consider that, but that's also a possibility, which is like, okay, now that's a whole other fucking monkey wrench that I did not. Yeah, yeah. And okay, so there's also the, the 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 Japanese man who turns out to be the devil has there's some guy in a car, yeah, that he's tending to, and yeah. at some point that guy goes away, but they don't really give you anything else about that unless I blinked and missed it. Like, well, no, he he comes, he shows up and attacks the the guy. It's because the cop and he gets he gathers that group of people to go and like smash the Japanese guy's house. Yeah, and while they're doing that, the dude that that the Japanese guy was praying for or whatever shows up and he's like that zombie, uh, and attacks them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and like, and he just goes and finds him later. Uh, fuck, how does that work? <laughs> I think they kill him there. Don't I they? think they do? Yeah, they bury that rake in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not I'm talking like there was like a scene where that the the Japanese guy went to a car. Yeah, like, there's a car surrounded. Yeah. surrounded oh, and by that's, that was, he that's got the left and then attacked. And him the rake. Yes. Got yeah. It. Cool. All right. And and to me, I think the question is, is like, was the was the Japanese guy summoning that summoning that guy back from the dead to to defend him? Or was he actually trying to keep that body from being possessed and it failed because of the oh. other shaman? Right. Didn't that happen at the same fucking time? Yeah. Yeah. See, my my thought, I'm, I love this kind of shit because. I am assuming with good faith that in South Korea, their metaphysics are pretty solid that like, I assume a South Korean person on average could watch this movie and tell you what happened spiritually, like throughout, but we don't have that cultural context or like, like good enough metaphysics that we share. So there's like this, what the fuck just happened? And I, I'm like, Part of me thinks, because I know in Thailand, like, there's this huge fear. Like, people are genuinely afraid of ghosts because they're fucking real, but they all know that. 
And like they have ghosts there that are like they're so big and powerful because of veneration that they're like regional. Like it's like a, a one human that died, but then they're 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 fed offerings and they're built up into basically a god. Um like a, a local god. So it kind of made me think like that the ghost girl kind of reminisced of something like that to me, like a really yeah. ghost. And I'm like, but what is her what's her motive here because they don't really tell you if she was even lying about him having to stay in the three rooster cult crows yeah my wife took my my wife's takeaway was like well he didn't he didn't trust her so they died and i was like but they didn't all die he heard two rooster crows and two people died so was she lying and the rooster crows are letting her know that people are dying and the job's getting done like it seemed mm. almost like um because this is something like um the conjuring movies um they they feature uh, an example of this which is taken from those the real people's actual like real accounts that they actually dealt with this shit um where a ghost someone who dies violently uh then a demonic presence can come and sort of empower and fuse with that ghost and become like a new thing that's way worse and so it almost looked to me like there was like this tag team shit going on. Like the devil mm. and the ghost were both just trying to wreak destruction in the way they the ways they knew how. And they were like kind of drawn to each other and just around each other because they kind of had the same intent. Um, that's like the best explanation I can come up with anyway. For now. That's where that's where I think the genius of this movie comes in too, because I think it does function as a a something that could be studied and understood is the raw like subjectively understood like and it could be interpreted many ways i think like like uh genuinely i don't think it's just full of red herrings and just bullshit but it's also this mishmash of tropes it's like this huge collage of it's a zombie movie it's an exorcism movie it's a detective movie it's like all of that shit and then it's uh it's also this like this fun little gimmick of turning every viewer into the bumbling detectives you're like <laughs> what is happening <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant that's a brilliant point like yeah that just hit me hard because that's exactly what i feel like right now and that's i mean that's kind of how you feel about like um with a certain faith right because there's so many different religions depicted in the movie movie, there's like christianity there's like eastern uh i'm not sure exactly which religion there's but there's like all this different spiritual practice going on and it's like the movie is saying all of it's real and because all of it's real and all of you all are only kind of faithful, you're all confused. <laughs> you're, <laughs> like it's all real and none of you know what the fuck is going on because <laughs> you all think it's this one little thing and mm. you're all wrong because it's it's actually it's everything. Everything all together. Yeah. Yeah. The um the Buddhist he was a Buddhist. He had a giant Buddha in the back of his car. The Buddhist shaman got it wrong. And that's an amazing point. Yeah, because then the priest priest couldn't get it right either. Because yeah. he's like, you're the devil. And he's like, okay, I'm the devil. 
it's like he's he was letting him affix his own definitions and he just kind of went with it who knows if he even looked like that until you know because time until the yeah time was fucked up because he took a picture of that priest at the end but that picture had been in the movie like all along on the other guys oh fuck i didn't even know that yeah that picture he took of the priest at the end that shows up earlier in the film yeah oh and there's another thing that does a time loop where he's like the the ghost is like this thing happened because you did this and he's like but i didn't do that until that happened um like in that last scene with the ghost where she squeezes his hand oh where she's talking about him sinning and he was like i didn't do that sin right isn't yeah yeah yeah. you did but she got sick first and he's like yeah because i was trying to figure that out too because i was like what what is she talking about like i like because she said it was because he sinned because he accused the wrong person or something i forget exactly yeah that's kelby i think you nailed it i think it really is like like maybe that isn't what they sat down to like say but it's like what you end up left with is like like nobody has the full full picture yeah and so it's like an undecipherable movie even though that's kind of the point point which is what yeah and and i think i think there might be something to it too where like since you're not the point is like since none of you are believing enough it's like him if he had committed to that one ghost woman at the end if he if he had stuck with her and believed in her maybe it would have worked out but the fact that he doubted her and he doubted every single fucking person like he doubted the shaman he doubted he doubted the uh the the catholic guy he doubted everybody and because of that it was only the worst possible like resolution <laughs> could fucking happen yeah yeah and it, i mean it's uh kind of a cautionary tale in that in that way where you it is saying that like all of these things are real because in the film all of those things are real the ghost the demon like it, it is all uh, it's all occurring but if you as a person can't commit to if you can't put your faith in one thing hardcore like just commit to it you're fucking up like (laughs) it's like maybe it's like if he abandons the ghost lady that is like is she malicious is she trying to be helpful i don't think that's the nature of her one way or the other it's just if you don't put your faith in it you're fucking up like it's like uh it's like when you take a bet on yourself you know with uh i mean shit the shit we're doing with agitator whatever like you know if you get right there to the edge of something happening and you're like no it's it's not gonna like i need to i need to go get a job i need to just (laughs) do, do that it's like man fuck it was about to happen for you it was about to happen but since you left it's not going to yeah yeah and, and I think that it's funny because I kind of expected him to, you know, what, the natural like course of of what you're programmed to think happens in a story is like just through repetition alone is like he's going to find his strength and he develops his confidence. He goes from bumbling cop to like, no, I'm fucking standing up for this. I'm fighting for my daughter. And like you see all this character development, but he never really goes all the way and trusts his own decision. Like he turns around and goes like, maybe I should go back to the house. Maybe the shaman's not doing the right thing. And that that's like self-doubt, right? And that is what you're saying. It's like, you're almost fucking there. If you just believe in yourself and don't give up, like 
it will break. You will you, mm-hmm. like your will against the world eventually. If yours is stronger, like the shit caves on the other side. Uh, but he didn't stick to his guns. No, and yeah, it sucked. <laughs> My yes. wife like had to go to bed like right after that. She was like struggling to stay awake to see the end, and then she's like, "Fuck." <laughs> 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 I had a I had that same experience watching it the first time just because it's so fucking long that I was like I was up real late and it was uh, my wife and I were watching it together the first time I saw it and I was like oh my god this movie's still on and then at the at the end I was like I can't go to sleep now I'm like what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well I I'm trying to remember it wasn't it was it on an episode of Agitator you guys were talking about the difference between like like um i may it might have specifically been japanese ghost stories or just the supernatural in like asia in general versus like western like european were you, was it you guys that were talking about this where it's like it's like it tends to be like in the west it's like we're going to fight the ghosts and overcome them or, or we're going to enc- but if like in asia if you encounter the supernatural shit it's just like well you're just fucked <laughs> it's like there's not there's not really you're not going to recover from this it's just gonna that's just what it is there's nothing nothing good comes out of this <laughs> yeah it's like oh we're infected now now there's a ghost <laughs> shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like more fatalistic or something when the humans brush up against the like the unknown it's it's not the unknown that comes out hurt like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly which is a lot less yeah a lot less like materialist thinking like we're gonna dominate the unseen then that's what we're gonna tell everyone is we we've we've got control of this shit we're good (laughs) what were y'all what what have been y'all's heaviest experiences with ghosts oh uh uh, wow okay i don't i I don't think i've told my ghost story have i okay i don't know if i heard your ghost story okay yeah all right so that's surprising um uh it's very weird um and only happened once so uh the house i grew up in my i got told stories that when my parents first moved in that they when when they were sleeping in their bed they would hear like footsteps walking around the edge of the bed um like almost every night until supposedly my father stood up in the middle of the night and yelled and said this stops now and then they never heard it again and um i had there was supposedly a rumor that like there was a kid that had committed suicide on the front steps of the house i've never confirmed any of that but i would as i was growing up i would have like weird things happen like late at night on summers like at 3 a.m if i'm watching tv the the tv was like cut out on its own and then i would like like turn it back on and then it would cut out again and i turn it back on it's like is this a ghost or is this just a shitty tv i don't know but eventually um in my 20s i i there's a there's a thing where i drove up from college and i stayed in the house by myself overnight while my mom and my grandmother, uh, my mom, my grandmother, my sister were all living there at the time. And uh, this is kind of long-winded, but like basically like the way the house is laid up, laid out, like but all the bedrooms are on one side. So at night we would lock up that side of the house 
and then open it up in the morning. But since my grandmother was staying with us, she had started staying with us, that didn't happen anymore. So they never locked it up the same way until I went there and stayed there by myself that night. And I locked up the house like we normally did. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm there by myself and I'm reading in my bedroom, which is like in the middle, there's like three bedroom, three bedrooms in a row, basically. And mine's in the middle and right outside of mine is this tiny hallway that has this door uh, that on the other side is the dining room, which is like festooned with like bags and a bunch of other shit. And I'm, it's like maybe three in the morning and I'm reading and I start hearing rustling like in the room next door. And uh, it's one of those things where it's like, maybe I didn't hear that. Maybe that's the house settling. Like it's one of those things where it's like, I, if this is what I think it is, I don't know that I actually want to deal with it. <laughs> um, but uh, so it, so it happens again and then it happens again. And I'm like, what the, what is that? And I, I like walk, walk into the hallway and um, I stand in, I'm standing in front of that hallway door and I'm listening and I'm hearing like more rustling and it sounds like somebody's rummaging through something. And I'm like, um, I just go, hello. And as soon as I say, say that I hear on the front top of the door. And then I hear the fingers drag down the door and then the doorknob shakes. Huh. And I, I run from that door into my parents' bedroom into my parents' closet and grab out the double-barreled shotgun <laughs> and load it up. Ghost bullets? Uh, with ghost bullets. Yeah. With ghost bullets. And, um, uh, and then I, I leave it breached, uh, but I unlock and throw open that door and run in, and I'm ready to just, like, you know, shut the shotgun and point it at whoever the fuck is in there, and it's empty. And uh, I'm, I, I kind of look through the whole house. There's no one, nothing around. There's no broken doors. No, nobody's come in. It's completely empty. Uh, uh, so I'm just like, well, I'm just going to go to bed because I don't know what the fuck else to do with it. <laughs> so, like, say the Lord's Prayer and fire a shot off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and my dog is barking, so I'll I'll be right back. That's cool. I'm gonna get a cup of coffee. It'd probably be a good piss break if anybody needs one. Cool. Be right back. Yeah, that shit's crazy. I feel like I don't really know. Like a lot of my scary experiences have been uh, like before I was qualified to know if it was a ghost or something else. Does that make sense? I, I Yeah, I know where you're coming from. I have a story like that that I can like actually claim as something that happened because of the people who are around me who saw everything go down i uh i had you know i've got like 
bipolar disorder. I went through a long like stretch of years on all kinds of substance abuse. And, uh, but I would have these visions of like a demon, like that, that I was thinking like, this is like in my head, I'm hallucinating. It's like a projection of something like, you know, it's, it's how I feel. So like, I'm just kind of seeing this thing and like hearing voices talk to me. It's like, of course I'm like borderline schizophrenic. So like, yes, I'm hearing voices talk to me, but, um, I would see it like clearly and it would appear the same way every time this sort of like um like this kind of leathery gargoyle thing that is like had its head smashed in or whatever like and it like always looked the same and had the same voice and everything and i uh ended up telling a friend of mine about it who we were like childhood friends and we didn't really fuck with each other just because of different lifestyles and whatever but I trusted him like you know we were childhood friends there was never any ill like blood or anything and uh he was a a priest or he had gotten into like he was studying to be a priest or whatever and I was like hey I think I've got like like I was kind of explaining what I was going through and whatever I was like you like is there anything you can do like maybe pray for me or something and he was like well let me come over we'll check you know I'll um, I'll see what I can do. He ended up doing a full-blown exorcism on me. And I had a friend staying over. Uh, and the friend said, like, he he went around, like, throwing holy water on the walls and stuff. And he was, like, uh, reading scripture and different things. And then he came back to me and put his hands on me. And my friend said he saw something kind of invisible but like he was like it was like a bubble like came out of my mouth Mm -hmm. and i was like bro like when whenever whenever he touched me i felt like something from the pit of my stomach came up and like i'd regurgitated something but nothing came out i was like holy shit so that was like I was like, well, well, fuck, I've got two witnesses here that like, <laughs> make me feel a bit better about what I've been going through. <laughs> That's amazing. And like, wow. Yeah, I mean, that is textbook how, it, like, that that happens a lot where people feel like they're, you know, purging something or vomiting or like, it, it, sometimes it comes out of like different orifices, like, you know, um, I shit the demon out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in Cooly Cooly, like a little officer. It was a butt demon. And, uh, but it's like, that's so I have those often. <laughs> I gotta go do an exorcism. I let him out. Um, I, I think it's so important that you had people there, though, like you're saying, because to validate that you're not crazy and that this thing was not only real but like could be dealt with by means that shouldn't be real according to like official story of reality or whatever and that that actually like having that as a group experience you you don't come back from that and go like shit ain't real Um, yeah no (laughs) No. you can't you know and (laughs) i think it's really interesting i think of uh like i think it's gordon white like he got it from somewhere i think but i I don't know where but someone said like diagnoses are curses Mm. 
because the idea of like you're schizo so of course you hear voices like yeah. it's this seed of <laughs> acceptance and so like if you're like well i am this way so this makes sense and you just like live like that forever uh rather than be like no this is fucked up i'm actually hearing something and this really needs to be dealt with um it's it's really twisted how the the disbelief in these things can like provide a breeding ground for them yeah, yeah. well it, it's like the diagnosis becomes an identity i think that's the trap but yeah yeah um, which i i don't know if that was initially what was supposed to happen but it seems to be what does happen <laughs> yeah I, and like i can see the benefit of understanding that's why i like i'll claim certain things as a way of exploring understanding or like searching for uh, a further remedy to it or whatever like you know i don't uh i don't feel completely normal and i don't know if i mean i don't know if there's any person in the world who does but yeah, <laughs> you know like it oh but kind of how I, I try to approach it is like uh with sort of a a shrug of the shoulder way of being like uh yeah, i'm bipolar or whatever like you know kind of sarcastically attaching it without you know as a way of going forward with explanation or uh like i said trying to further understand something or uh or understand or yeah remedy it or whatever is like okay we'll put a name to it if we have to but sort of be like ah, but that's bullshit yeah it's containing it right it's yeah like, yeah yeah, that's like the that's the uh, that's the putting the demon in the fucking triangle or whatever the fuck right. you want to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that it doesn't it doesn't overwhelm you. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the I think that's the only actual healthy way you can be with any of that shit because, um, uh, yeah, like otherwise, and I think I think the idea of it of like a diagnosis being a curse too is that it is is it becomes this solid, solid, unchanging thing. And that's that's where it turns into identity, right? It's like, once I identify as this thing, it, it I can't let it go because that's who I am, right? It, yeah. Yeah. And that and that's that's where it's tricky. And it's, I remember thinking that was helpful as a teenager, thinking like, oh, like I would hear things like, you can't help how you are. And I would think that was helpful. I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not crazy because I am, I do have suicidal ideation. Like I can't help that. It doesn't mean like, oh, everything sucks. It's like, I'm just, su I'm suicidal. It's how I am. But then mm -hmm. you get older and older and it's like, I don't want to kill myself, but I do. There's a part of me that does because I've attached, yeah. I've held on to this curse of being like, well, I am suicidal. It's like, why? You don't yeah. have to be. Mm -hmm. Like it's yeah. as simple as you don't have to be. Mm. It's so interesting how um, like the root cause of something can go away, but we get so used to the effect of it that we like hold the effect in place. Uh, and then at some point we just realize like, oh, I can just like let go now. <laughs> it just goes away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I it, oftentimes I feel like the effect sticks around way longer than the fucking root cause too I, th I feel like often the root cause gets washed away like years ago but then the like ah it's, it's, it's like i'm just thinking about it so it just is not going to go away it's just yeah. stuck yeah 
yeah you got plenty of stories of people um shit i've even i there's so many things that i could hold on to from being like but it's like bro that was when i was 12 like you know and every <laughs> everybody affiliated with that occurrence isn't even part of my life anymore so what like yeah what does that matter well there's, there's some really just the weirdest shit happens when you get into like spiritual healing because like if you go into kind of a trance state or a meditative state and you're like opening up the space to let like energy healing happen because you kind of just let it happen in a lot of ways like it, it's a lot less work than anything else in magic it seems like it just takes putting your attention on it gently but like there's uh there's weird shit that happens when you explore like where so if you're like sitting and your mind's still and then you have a thought and it like triggers an emotional response that's like reactionary and you you have a still mind so you notice it and you can kind of like grab it and just hold it and like just be with it and then it'll dissolve slowly and it just kind of releases if you just sit there and keep your attention on it gently and like ask your ancestors for help or whatever but what's weird is a lot of the time in that moment you'll like flash back to the moment that the trauma occurred and a lot of the time it's something where you're like what the fuck that did that didn't matter like i don't remember this moment it but it it was it's like it it's never shit that really matters. And it's never shit that's still relevant anymore. It's like these weird little moments that where someone just said some offhanded comment and you're like, you didn't even think twice about it, but it just hit you in a weird way. It, and I don't, it's a fucking mystery to me, the way that, um, cause the stuff that you think are your big trauma moments often aren't, it was like stuff that happened before that. And then those things just made it worse. Um, yeah. It's real weird. I it's, it's so complicated. I don't, I mean, it's simple, like when you're doing it, but it's, it's like a complicated, like reality is just really fucking messy. I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 Plenty uh, of, yeah. You like when you're telling a story about something that maybe seemingly traumatic happened and somebody's, Oh my God, that's, that's horrible. And you know, well, you know, at the time, what I was really concerned about is, this girl broke my heart and like, <laughs> you know <laughs> right right and it could be like like that little conversation actually does stick with you because you were already hurt from the girl like it's weird like the stacking of like you're already wounded so someone else says some little thing and it gets in yeah it's like mm-hmm. or it's like flipping your car off the bridge it's like oh my gosh like yeah but man fuck that bitch it's like, oh, you, you survived flipping your car off a bridge? Like, what is... <laughs> um, I was thinking as far as like ghost stories go, when I was Emily in... was the original bridge, that bitch was, but no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as ghost, ghost stories are go, what were you saying? Sorry, Brian. When I was in like middle school, uh. I woke up one morning, uh, or no, I was, I was like sleeping and I, I woke up to the sound of like a whole stack of plates crashing, like unmistakably, like I was awake sitting up in bed and just like a whole stack of dinner plates smashing on the ground right outside my door in the kitchen. And there was just nothing out there happening until like, I see the, the, uh, cabinet door is like cracked open and the plates are sitting like the whole stack of plates is sitting halfway out 
like they could have tipped and fallen at any second, but they hadn't yet. And I don't know what the fuck that was about, but I didn't go to school that day. I stayed at home and was just afraid. <laughs> Weird. Um, and then, like, I had I had abduction stuff when I was a kid. Like, I had all these dreams that this, like, repeating dreams. And it was, like, almost the same every time where this thing would just grab my ankles and, like, pull me out of my bed. And I would, like, hit the floor and I'd feel it and, it'd, like, knock the wind out of me. And I'd scream and, like, no one would hear me. And then it would drag me. They had, I had like sliding glass doors, Florida, you know, like um, going to the backyard from my room. And, and I'd get to the like threshold of the door and I'd wake up. And like sometimes I'd wake up on the fucking couch uh, out in the living room and I'd just be like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was that. I think that stuff that that like that was like early, early stuff really propelled me into like wanting to understand shit because it was like. I was so afraid of that shit and I was afraid that my parents would think I was evil if I told them or something was wrong with me because like they were very religious and in my mind it was like how could they choose me over God like if they mm. think that something's wrong oh, with me, shit. you know yeah. like they wouldn't like I I know the story about taking your son up to the fucking mountaintop right, <laughs> right. <laughs> which is yeah. really, really fucking relevant to this conversation <laughs> um, I have one more that's a funny ghost story from recently. I'm going to show you who it is. Come here, babe. <clears throat> so this is an amulet I got a while back. And that is the photo of the actual girl who was, um, she was killed by her husband while pregnant. Oh, shit. And I didn't know this. I bought her and I bought this amulet. Well, you, you don't own a ghost. You rent them, right? Um, but uh, she's amazing. Um, but she, so in the back, she'd show you the back. That's just like chunks of bone and skull and ashes from the, uh, the cremation and such. The Ty don't fuck around with those amulets. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no. um but the the thing is the story is like i i got her from a, a a seller who who kind of like said that they said some that it was by a maker that um it ended up being a different kind a different maker like they got that wrong and they also said that like there was no kata like activation um chant no magic words for it and they said like the maker never gives the name of this amulet or whatever and like i found on another website i found her for sale another the same exact amulet made from the same body same picture and everything but it had like who actually made it and i did further research and found that that was correct and it had the guitar like the the magic words and it had her name her name is Mejo. and it had her story and everything and so before i discovered all that i was like because I'm, I'm i was in this phase of just like getting amulets trying them out like hanging out with them getting to know them a little bit and then if we didn't vibe very much like i would just put them for sale on etsy because i'm just getting experience i'm like if nothing else i can like write about this or you know talk about it like i'm just into this right now and so i put her on etsy and i went to give her a weekly offering and she was clearly pissed at me like angry and i did not yet know her name i did not yet know the magic words i didn't know anything about her except what this other seller had told me which was incorrect and i didn't know it was incorrect so i'm like she's fucking pissed right 
I was like, okay, okay. I do you, I was like, do you want me like you're just feeling this horrible static coming from her? And I'm like, do you want me to take the listening down? And then the static stopped. Like, okay, then that's a yes. So I go on Etsy and the listing is gone. No one bought it. It wasn't deactivated and still sitting there. The fucking listing never existed. Three days after that, I found this information with her real story and shit and her name. And ever since then, she's been glowing and like amazing and helping me and so cool. And knowing her story, like I get now why she wants to be here. Like she's like, no, this is where I'm staying. You are good to your wife. I was killed by my husband. I want to be here where these Damn. lives are. Yeah. Like shit. That that's that's my good look, like recent ghost story. That I just that was such a cool experience of like really getting to know her. And like the it turns out the reason that she's in this amulet, it's the remains of her and her child, and they're there together earning merit. Like when it goes to something good for you, you do an act of kindness in their name. And they actually earn good karma towards a better life when they reincarnate. That's how the system works. So it's it's helping everyone. Um, and they do. She's done this voluntarily, according to the uh, the listing. What it said. Um, and the whole point is because she and her kid want to have a life together, so they want to reincarnate together. And it's just so beautiful. Like 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 I can do nice things for people in the real world and help them towards that purpose. I just think that's fucking amazing. Dang. That's what I, I think about that shit sometimes, like with the timing and everything, because I feel like, um, and my Erica feels the same way too, whereas like wow. we've known each other a really long time, like from way back. And I feel like it was like so many incarnations back where it's like, oh my God, I met you again. And now I'm like, I think about it sometimes like, what are the odds of this? That like, I got to make sure that like, we go down together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like already kind of plotting my death. Like, <laughs> how's this? So like, I'm gonna keep an eye on you. Like, or maybe keep an eye on me. Like, I might just start going one day. It's like, come here. <laughs> it's time to go through the wheel again. <laughs> through the ringer yeah <laughs> i i i wouldn't yeah i don't think i'd worry about it though because if you guys if you get that impression then the chances are you, you're gonna keep finding each other like no matter what they throw at you you know what i mean like, yeah and, and then it's like i don't know time like time is just crazy too because it's like okay if that was you know if we've known each other like so many lifetimes ago like does that i mean I like to think maybe we I'm not going to just keep going into the future, but maybe I'm going to go into the past somewhere and, mm. you know, who knows, like, yeah, it's all kind of like a Mobius strip or whatever. And Yeah, it's kind of like time's only moving forward when you're in it. Yeah. Like you are in the current. So, of course, you're going that way. But if you zoom out, you could actually just hop across the stream and go somewhere else. Well, it's, yeah. Like the, the sock thinks it's going somewhere, but it's just in the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a sock a, a lot of times. That's where I feel like I'm at. Not really in a current. I'm more in this machine. It's like. <laughs> I think that's just like that. Yeah. I think that's samsara. Like, <laughs> just the cycle of death and rebirth. 
<laughs> everybody's in it but like yeah i think being like aware of it and then being like nah it's cool I'll make the best of it <laughs> <That's the trick. laughs> yeah adopting that kind of ideology has been the i don't have a lot of ideologies that i hold tight to but definitely reincarnation thing is like uh you would think that it would to somebody who doesn't grasp that concept like you would think it would make life meaningless because it's like well you'll just be somebody else later on and what does this life matter it's like no this life matters a lot because why would i be here like mm -hmm. why did i choose this one if it wasn't for some reason it's like i have to find that reason before i go on to the next one yeah yeah i totally feel that and i think for me it took a lot of the pressure out because i just hate pressure i hate when it's like everything rides on this moment i'm like fuck you i'm doing nothing then <laughs> like <laughs> ain't doing shit like so when it's like oh you're just gonna do this all over again like a million times it's like oh cool i can just I can do my thing. Something good might actually come out now that I'm not worried about it. <laughs> the yeah. secret is the secret is is the lazier you are, the more perfect you're actually. <laughs> I kind of believe that. I kind of believe it. I kind of, uh, I, 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 I feel that in a way because I'm just, I'm naturally. And I can't help it. Like I'm going on thirty. I have kids. I should be more like responsible but like i'm just i'm rebellious to my core like even against myself when it's like you got to seize your moment it's like fuck you i'm gonna just sit here i ain't doing shit <laughs> fucking relate to that so hard <laughs> 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 i do both right like sometimes i listen to that voice and i get pumped and i'm like fucking cranking shit out and then like and then i'm like whoa 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 settle down boss man I'm like i'm gonna fucking <laughs> three days to make up for it <laughs> Well, well, I mean, I mean, there's, there's definitely like, is it more confident to, to be like, ah, oh, seize the moment, or be like, no, nah, shut up, there'll be another one. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I'm learning the value of that too, and like, I've been studying, uh, I've been watching the post-Mughalism's uh, lunar talisman, oh yeah, uh, instructional things, and like the, yeah, the mansion calendar, um, predictions and stuff, and, uh. There have been some where I'm like, oh, I'm a hop on this one. And then just the timing isn't right. And I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to be ready for this one. And I'm going to make my talisman and everything. And it's like the timing just isn't right. So I'm like, fuck, fine. Okay. The next one. I'll wait for the next one. <laughs> so like, I'm, yeah, I'm finding value in that too, where it's like, you got to, it, it's happening now. You got to jump on. It's like, no, nah, I mean, it didn't work out. That, I'm gonna catch the next bus, I guess. <laughs> that's that's really cool. You're getting comfortable with that early on, because I'm only just now getting comfortable with that shit with with my practice. Because I, I put so much pressure on, like, you know, when there is a good time to do something, you want to take it. But like, if you don't feel good enough, or if you, if it's just not right, like, it's it's hard for me to let those go. Um, like lately, I've been looking up like every day. There's like a 20 minute period of time where there's a different Shem, like of the 72 angels, uh, that's like the prime time to conjure them. And I've, I've been wanting to do stuff where I'm, I'm like 
using chalk to write their sigil and chanting the song in that time and then saving the powder from the chalk and using that in amulets mm. um so like at some check-in every day and i'm setting an alarm every day to like catch them every day and just write down what they do and just have this back catalog of all these powders but it's been like four days since i've nailed one you know what i mean like <laughs> it's like there's one every fucking day it's been four days i just can't hit that time like yeah this i gotta let it go i just gotta be like it's cool you did two last week it's more than you had you, just gotta, you, gotta, you gotta forest gump it more just like <laughs> just uh whatever you want to do and then you just sort of look around and be like oh this is close enough and then you, you jump you use that time <laughs> yeah i want to be to the to the angels and everything like you know time is a, a relevant it, it's a it's a construct you know? <laughs> come on like <laughs> I, i've heard some very convincing arguments made that I, I would say less so maybe for lunar mansions or for star spirits or something but for angels it almost seems like there are so many different options and different ways to go about angel stuff there are a lot of different thoughts on how timing works and how it's best. Uh, so I think it's it's almost like a courtesy. It's like showing up mm. in Japan and knowing a couple of the local um, like lifeways or, or norms or whatever, just to like try and show them you cared, you know? Yeah, yeah. If somebody shows up to your podcast on time, you're like, oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> They're 30 minutes late. It's like you knew you were going to have to eat. Why didn't you eat before? <laughs> That's literally me talking to myself while I'm postponing 30 minutes. <laughs> As the host. <laughs> I picked this time. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I think I've just finally gotten out of that phase of life where I have to do, I have to like say everything is 30 minutes later than I, you know, like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk it at three 30. So I'm going to tell him four. Cause that's when it's going to be. <laughs> I have this like really bad habit of, cause I used to, I used to run a, a wood shop. I was the foreman and it was only like a two man crew. And sometimes it was just me. But I was used to this pressure of like, this shit has to be done tomorrow and it has to. So I was like, fuck, I guess I got it. It has to be done tomorrow. And it just kind of stuck with me for years where I'm like voluntarily telling people like, yeah, I'll have this done like by Tuesday. And they're like, you can take your time. That's fine, I guess. And I'm just like, yeah, I got it. I got it. And then Tuesday rolls around. I'm like, why the fuck did I tell them <laughs> that I was going to be? <laughs> yeah, give myself more of a fucking breathing room. It's because, it's, man, I, I feel it though. It's like, I, I, I do that shit all the time. No, I got this. I want, I want to got this. I want to got this so bad. <laughs> That I'm gonna fucking commit to godding this and then not got it. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm I'm the type too who just like I just I do shit all the time. Like I, I can't stand sitting still. I'm like the opposite of chill. That's why like speed was all speed and ecstasy, like that shit was always my vibe because I I don't like sitting down and just hanging out. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh casa, baby. So, 
in the casa yeah that was like like this is my drug uh, but so like, things things will just get done the impression of deadlines is just working against that rebellious side of me that's like hey i'm gonna have this done by tomorrow and then that little voice in my head is like you ain't doing that <laughs> you ain't doing that. you can do everything but that <laughs> Yeah, mine's so my voice that does that is so bad that these days what I'll do is I'll be like, I'm gonna do this and immediately go into Buddhist chants in my head and not listen to any more thoughts that I have. And I'll just start fucking doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if I can't get rid of you, I can I can train my mind to ignore the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing an I recently tried an experiment where because I have such a shit memory, I make all these lists of things I have to get done and and because of that super rebellious nature, it's like you make the list and then you get very little of it done, but you need mm -hmm. the list because you're like, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> so I've been yeah. I've been trying to like erase things where like the the super important things like I really want to get this done. This is what I hold of, of importance in this moment. I'll be like, OK, you got to do that and then throw that away. Take that off the list. Because then that'll probably be the thing that you revert to when you you wrote down all these other things and, and you're going, nah, I'm not doing that. The, go to that thing that you actually list. need to do. Yeah, yeah the hidden list. <laughs> That's interesting. It's almost like a, a banishing. Like you're like, you're like I know. Oh, yeah, the, I'm going to remove all this shit out of the way of the thing I actually want to do. I'll put, make this list of all this shit that needs to go away. It's just the negative space to do list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Negative space to do. Yeah. I, I always feel like a list is, is an attack. Like I finish writing a list and I'm like, fuck you. Like mm. immediately defensive. I ha I hate how all oh, how all alike we are. I fucking hate that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like I I usually my thing is with lists is like I'll I'll get two things in to the day before I even make the list so that I could just write something and immediately cross it off. <laughs> like, take a dump and yeah. eat breakfast. Like first yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. I've, yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like when. Uh, when my wife is like, oh, fuck, can you take this box to the post office for me? I'm like, take box to post office. Yeah, gotcha. And I get to cross that off. Like, <laughs> I'm doing shit because I have to do it then. She asked me to. I can't be like, no, I'm not doing that. That's like the same concept as a robo fish with sigils where you you include one sigil in your your group that you're activating that's already come true. So it like right. places the rest in that world. That's another Gordon White trick yeah no that was one of the things i found like super help like most helpful from from the whole rune soup sphere was that those robo fish methods i was like oh my god this is this shit makes so much sense and then the uh the sort of i forget the way he worded it but like the sort of mood boarding of the life that you want like the thing that you want to have happen when you start putting that in mixing that in with your own shit it's like okay this is just bringing it into your world it's not like i dream of this like no i'm enacting this reality yeah it's like and that's like with the uh the like intention uh groups where you do like eight or more people and you all just focus on one result 
it's kind of like the same sort of uh like you you often repeat a phrase but you'll say it as if it's present tense you know mm. like like um so and so is in perfect health like if they're not at all um, yeah and like eight people or more doing that for 10 straight minutes with no other thoughts on their mind you know it's like um but it's that same pulling it into the present if you if you're saying like i'm gonna be rich one day then like you're always equal distance from the future right yeah that one day is always like i'm gonna get there i'm gonna get there like, okay well there there stays existing there not here <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, the parable of Zeno's arrow. Uh, there's this guy in ancient Greece named Zeno that like, I was gonna bring that exact same thing. Up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he did like a book of parables, but only one or two of them survived, and the rest were destroyed because they were considered too dangerous. Uh, and uh, one of them is if you have like point A and point B, and you shoot an arrow from point A to point B, at some point it has to go halfway, and that's point C. Um, but then between point C and point B, at some point it has to go halfway again, and that's point D. And like, if you keep counting, like it always has to go halfway, but it can keep, keep going halfway forever and never get to the target. Oh shit. Kind of like the same sort of idea. Yeah. Whereas like you just shoot the arrow at the ground. Feel <laughs> 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 <Shoot> right here. <laughs> You just stick it slowly, <laughs> unceremoniously, and just <laughs> kick over the target and stand on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to see that kind of ritual. That the death hex and the wailing, sort of the anti version of that, like this big ceremonious thing of just being like a shaman, just grab an arrow and be like. <laughs> 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 he like flips open sunglasses and puts them on slow. Yeah. The end. Like, oh, what? <laughs> She's healed. It worked. <laughs> the understated shaman. The very, like the, the exact opposite of every other fucking shaman ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you just, you just. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna squeeze this bean. That's all it takes. It's fine. Squeeze you don't need Squeeze this bean. This other stuff is. It's man. It's just there. It's overdone. Just, oh, that, that's so extra. That's so extra. <laughs> Magic bean. All those other shamans are just fucking drama queens, man. You, you don't need to do all that. Yeah. You, you don't need to spin in circles with swords and 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 heave a wooden mannequin over your shoulders and dance with it. You don't need to do any. Popping bubble gum. He's like, it's like, what do you want, Harry Potter? Do you want results? <laughs> 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 was was my favorite part of the movie though that whole yeah yeah it was awesome i think the 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 back and forth was definitely my favorite part because the the white chickens being sacrificed in tandem with the black chickens i mean the i got really, oh yeah yeah i got yeah. i got really confused <laughs> because i saw that as like a you know, but that's what we call them in Denmark is is they're they're, they're black chickens. It's <laughs> 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 really racist here. Um, uh, yeah, I, th I thought that was cool. It was like classic reversal magic, right? Like he's doing this thing, you're doing the other thing, but it's with the opposite color. Like it just it confused me because I saw that and I'm like, oh, it's gonna bounce back at him, but it, it didn't. 
but it was still looked cool. It, like, yeah, that, it just it looked really cool. And that, you know, I find myself returning to that so often, thanks to you and Kel- you and David. Like, it's like y'all have really brought to the surface how much that matters and like speak out about like cool fucking counts. And I think that's so important because it's like, I I think we feel like we have to fucking explain ourselves all the time. Like we need to give someone a reason to convince them that our opinion is valid or something. And there's like a, it's charged with this, like, let me, let me present a case for you for why it's cool uh, on paper when all I really want to be like, is like, well, that fucking great. Yeah, me too. Cool. Yeah. Uh, But it is, it's like, I don't need to know what that actually meant. Yeah, I don't feel any less about it because I don't understand it. I feel, if anything, it's like makes you scratch your head and like, yeah. If it didn't look cool, I probably wouldn't still be thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, you're charging something with a a feeling. Like, there's, um, man, this is something we were we were just talking about on Agitator too. Was something? Uh, oh, we had our guest uh, Adam Lair is a uh he's the host of system of systems he's like the he's a writer um he has this like really great brand of like counter psyop uh this whole i have his book right here his last book is uh yeah crypto crypto what is his term it's like crypto lib or some shit i forget well, he he, uh, crypto transgressive. Yes, is one of is one of his terms for uh, this that he just wrote is conceptual manifesto for psychological warfare, and under his author name it, it says Adam Lair for the counter agency of the avant garde, <laughs> and like this this book in particular is uh just like a manifest basically a big list of like capsule, um reviews and interpretations of different uh people occurrences that are examples of the sort of brand that that sort of crypto transgressive brand that he's built uh one of them being and i didn't i didn't mark the page but like it was this photographer who was obsessed with uh like deformed people and like would take pictures of them and it was kind of like this exploitative thing and it was like but like where it came from it was just a fascination of these people and they were like you know the kind of dark photographs but beautiful is it joe peter wicken man that name sounds familiar but i'm not it could be i'd have to it's on the latest episode. I'll have to listen back and be like, okay. who the fuck was that? Or flip through the... But, uh, it, that sounds like Joel Peter Wicken. It's one of those things where it's like, what, uh, like you'd have to explain yourself ethically or whatever. Yeah. But it, it's like, there's a, there's a point where it's like, oh, she had empathy for these people. It's like, well, yeah, no shit, because humans have empathy. <laughs> and that's that's kind of the thing you have to trust about yourself when you're making something. You don't have to build a case for yourself, for your your art or whatever, your magic or anything. Like 
you exist as a human you come with this baggage you come with this history you come with this empathy you come with the these like intentions whether conscious or subconscious so to get hung up on the like why you're doing this thing that's where my biggest writer's block always came from like i'd go years of just like trying to write and it just being shit and i'm like like i get stuck because i'm like stuck in explaining already to an audience that doesn't exist why i made this thing mm. and you should just make it and if you have any intention just make it cool like cool as you possibly can mm. all the other stuff you're a human all the other stuff is going to be there it's like well this actually has a deeper meaning if you look into it duh a person <laughs> <made it. laughs> yeah, that's such an important point and and I think that's one of those things that gets in people's blind spots really bad. Like they don't notice they're doing it, and it's preventing so many people from doing good work. And like like I I'd, I'd tell you since I started listening to you and David, like I actually started out with the JDO show like about this time last year when I was living in Germany and super depressed trying to get residency here. Um, my wife and I were not having a very good time, um, and it, it really got me through some shit. Like it it like in the process of listening to you guys i've been able to heal my relationship with narrative to the point where like now i'm working on fucking five stories like i don't know if any of them will ever see the light of day but i'm doing it and i'm like i'm doing it because mostly because you guys are like saying these things that other people aren't saying that are like integral to like what it takes to actually create something and make real art like to get past these personal hurdles and not not fucking getting trapped on like explaining yourself and not like getting trapped on trying to write something good the first time. And like all these things that uh like that encouragement is, I mean, I know it's reaching me. So it's gotta be like actually hitting other people too and making people like come out of their kind of dormancy. So I don't know. I just I think that's really fucking important. Like I it's great because it seems like you guys are just having a good time, <laughs> but like you're doing really important shit. That's actually that that's great to hear and like seeing the results of, like some of our um, we had so much feedback from the episode where we're just talking about our books that just came out I'm happy like at, the, at the beginning of this month. We got so much feedback from that of people being like because the whole show is like a craft talk. We can't help it because we go there. It's just us talking. That's the premise of the show is like we're we're homies we talk to each other all the time and we just record it it's like an eavesdropping thing but of course it's going to be an exploration of craft and shit because we write every day like we're that's what we do and but there was a lot of people who thought like oh y'all talk about japanese movies and stuff that's not really my thing but i listened to this one because y'all were talking about writing and like oh my god we're like huh like yeah the like we continue to put zero effort into it we sh we show up and it's like hey we're talking about this movie oh okay i'll watch it and then call each other up on the phone and just be like no notes let's uh, hey what's up what are we <laughs> what are we talking about but uh that that did make us think um how many people reached out about that of like we uh that's awesome to see like we care about that for sure because i i want what I want is to see, you know, instead of being 
one of like the majority of podcasts seems like if it's not vanilla just like playing by all the rules and just presenting a happy easy listening to people it's being like man this shit could never be made these days or like remember when shit was cool and like the libtards and this and that and like <laughs> oh like man just make the thing i want yeah like i i feel i feel that i i feel that way too like oh these fucking libs destroying everything but like or your hate bring, into your bring work it, <laughs> bring it back <laughs> You know? all that frustration and energy when you watch or read something that you're so disappointed with like use it yeah <laughs> that's what yeah. it's for yeah so bring the work back and like so like I'd, I'd love to like as much as like on the uh on the production side of things like that curates more competition like okay but like I want to see more art in the world oh I, yeah I'd love to inspire everybody everybody rip off our ideas and we see mm -hmm. it too, you know, there's plenty of love thrown. And then there's sometimes we get like, it'll be like two days later, somebody's from a higher account is saying something. It's like, you listen to Agitator, don't you? But <laughs> it's like, hey, the ideas are getting out there. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the thing about competition is like, I think the only time people are afraid of competition is when they're not committed to like bettering themselves in conjunction with that. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it's like if more people are writing good, it's going to make you better because you're going to be like, oh, shit, this is cool. Oh, I'm going to step up my shit. You know, like it, it's that fun challenge, not like a fuck you. I'm going to be better than you. It's like it's that good kind of uh, like yogurt culture shit that happens when there's like a real movement happening, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, there was a culture. wave. <laughs> <laughs> be like yogurt, man. Be like, I mean, I was going like to yogurt. culture, but I was like, I want it to be the parent that I mean, like this kind of culture. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's my, that's the lever I always pull at those like froyo places. It's like the one in the middle that's got both of them mixed in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, yeah, there was this wave in the like early 2010s where I felt like the majority and i was even consciously like i'm kind of <laughs> i'm ripping these people off but it it felt like my peers like the people i was discovering were the people who were inspiring me and i was like oh fuck you can do that that's oh yeah yeah i'm gonna steal that i'm gonna steal that and that died off after a while even with the same people the same authors like who used i used to look at their writing and be like oh where you can do it like that okay, mm. I'm, I'm gonna kind of take that little thing and put it into my own craft. They even became less, you know, kind of dissolved into the sludge of whatever and uh, whether by choice or just by, you know, not being able to keep up with the, not being able to fight against the shifting tide or whatever. But so I went back to older shit to start taking more stuff. But like, that is, like there was that time and I'd love for that time to be reignited where it is like, you know, steel sharpening steel. Like let's all, let's create competition. Competition's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to tell everybody to, uh, you know, monetize their podcast. It's like, <laughs> you know, you would think like agitators got a Patreon. So save all your money for that. And don't <laughs> like, nah, everybody, everybody, 
Tell them they got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that reminds me, if anybody likes uh, hanging out with weird uh, magician people and, and animists, uh, check out our show notes for the uh, Numenauts, Mastodon, and Discord servers uh, monthly subscriptions, which uh, we took a little, yeah, like we're doing it too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Trying oh, to yeah. just make like a little place for people to hang out and share uh, notes and, and magical writings and stuff. You're already in that server, so you're in there for free, but. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah i need to uh man i'm trying to figure out these these different things because there's definitely i feel like everybody's experimenting trying to figure out where is the next place to to go because it's like i mean it's it's like i guess cringy to be like oh twitter is sinking and it's like i mean yeah but all of social media is kind of like it's so algorithmed to death that like there has there just has to be something else like it's not that mm. like oh because of elon musk or this or that. it's just it's just how it's all turning out to be like it's just facts back in like 12 years ago you could be like here's my book and a thousand people would see it and 100 200 maybe 400 of them would buy it wow. and now it's like here's my book it's like okay 20 likes 50 people saw it couple people bought it <laughs> yeah, damn, yeah. damn. Throttled, throttled all the hell i don't know what it is that changed with twitter but like like i used to get upwards of 20 likes on like everything i would fucking shit post and it's down to like under 10 for everything and that happened in a year but i have you know i also like maybe a third more followers than i did back then like it, it just none of it yeah but but also like it just came out that i think it's like two-thirds of the higher-ups at twitter are straight up fbi like on paper yeah i mean like it's just the fed like so <clears throat> yeah i don't know i'm trying out mastodon and we, we've got the uh Numenon server there so like mastodon's basically just twitter except you can you actually have full control over what your feed is and like so you like go on a server and then all the other people on that server are on one timeline that's just your local people so like we're trying to start one with only people that believe in magic basically and do cool shit so we have like twitter that's only cool people but then you also go into like the global settings and you can follow people from other servers too and so there's like two timelines and you can block the shit out of anyone and there's no algos like so it seems really promising and a lot of people jump to it for all the wrong reasons but like at least that's you know it's it's pumping pumping life into it and it's um, it's sort of it's all these individual instances. So like, if if the Fed didn't like you in your little instance, but you're only a hundred people, they're probably never gonna fucking notice or care. Right. Like, would probably have because there's so many individual instances, and they'd have to go through specific channels to shut them down. That it it it, it helps. It's not like the Twitter umbrella that can do whatever they want to you behind the scenes. Um, so it's it's a step forward and I don't know if that's the one that that sticks or whatever but uh it seems the best option for now because like you're saying like there has to be something else that need is there even if people don't know why even if they don't realize it's because the internet is essentially military technology and a weapon um <laughs> like <laughs> at this point at this stage anyway um like it 
it, it can't like <laughs> life finds a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, we all stepped into social media thinking, well, like we got tricked because at first the followers and all of that did count the ratio was there to where like these people would see your shit. And so of course there'd be a percentage of them that want to interact with it, but it just became this like arbitrary number of like your, and it became its own currency and language too. Where like, I've got so many followers, like, okay, literally Mm -hmm. this past month, like one of the biggest breaks for me and where we did start thinking about everything completely different was seeing in a month that agitator had 23,000 downloads in the U S alone and us being like, I'm broke. Mm. Like these numbers mean nothing to me. Like sure. Sure. People get enjoyment, whatever we're being heard that there is something to that, but like the me who's a father and the me who's like trying to provide for a family is like, I don't care. Where, where yeah. like, what do I get out of that? Download me a diaper. Like, yeah, what the- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. It's it's well, you're putting your your time and your energy, and your work into it. Like making the podcasting itself effortless doesn't take away the time it takes to watch the fucking movies, to have the conversations, to do the scheduling, to do the production, which I know you do most of the time like uh like it's (laughs) it's it's funny because uh i was doing all the production for the longest time and then david and i traded off for a while like back and forth and then he started just taking it on more and more and i was like uh i was like that's cool you know and um i was i think i mean he doesn't uh gloat about anything or make it known like hey i know you're doing that he'll just do something like but you can tell like at times where i'm really struggling with shit he's been there to pick up and be like hey i'm at this and then just like he just will stop emailing me shit and just take care of everything and Mm. um but he got to a point where there were some episodes and especially like before we were paywalled where you know, I'm, I'm even, I have no concern for anything that said whatsoever. I, I'm like print post, let's go. I'm ready. To, <laughs> I'm ready to throw hands over it, whatever. But he, uh, he's got good reasons. It's not even like about himself to be like a little more protective and be like, uh, I got to cut out what we said here. And, uh, <laughs> he'll, uh, there was, there was a night where I think it, he had to cut some shit and then it all got jumbled. Like something got fucked up with the the file itself. He had to do it all over. He was up like four hours the night before, <laughs> like editing the episode. He was like, never again. We're just never fucking editing these, these episodes again. <laughs> that was kind of like a rule I started with was like, I don't, I'm not editing. Like, I'm going to put songs over shit, which is easy. I use a YouTube ripper on my phone. I send it to Google Drive. I drop it in. Fucking done. But, Mm -hmm. and like, as long as you leave a little overlapping the audio, like, then it's commentary pretty pretty much. Like, you're pretty pretty in the clear. 
like that's easy i'm not like if you're on a live show like it's up to you to not say something fucking stupid you know <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you're a guest and you say something stupid i'm not looking for it like if you're like specifically like i really need you to cut that thing out like sure this once <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah honestly sure. through laziness it's it's a pretty good policy but it, it also uh i think you have less of a filter uh than like i'm still it's interesting listen to me it was fascinating listening to jdo show and then moving slowly from there into the agitator time period and hearing how david goes from like uh woke traumatized and like afraid to like be himself to like being fully himself and that, that was <laughs> yeah. That was kind of what made me go like, that's no, we're doing a podcast because like, I need to remember who the fuck I am. And I think this is the way, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but I get it. Like, and I'm still, I'm still closer to that. And you, you never got fucking, you never got, that shit didn't get to you. Like it did like me, I don't think, but, uh, but I spent a couple of years afraid to say anything to anybody or to like share opinions or like, cause it just seemed like a witch hunt. Um, yeah no even like i even had some friends who like felt the way that i did who were but they'd get all defensive about like white people and i'm like i'm not being defensive i'm just not gonna stop being myself like you're stupid it's like <laughs> you're not allowed to say this anymore you suck you're privileged you're this and that it's like shut up <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> is that a and no nah, the yeah the podcast was super important to bring back like like bring back the n-word you know nuance like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant that's we're gonna use that uh, <laughs> no because that's god damn yeah that's it being able to just talk about anything and just be like let's fucking break this down and just just talk about it is that but everybody just assumes that that's impossible like everyone just goes like oh anytime someone says that it's because they have an agenda and they're just trying to trick you into blah, 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 blah. and then you just block them and then it's fine yeah that's why like it sucks that the people who do want to go toe-to-toe about shit like that too like they usually because i've heard complaints from people being like well yeah every good every idea sounds good when everybody in the room agrees with each other and it's like okay well every time i've tried i guess it's not true there's been disagreements like on the show and stuff but um as far as hardcore agreements like disagreements trying to set up something of being like look let's we can have a conversation let's set this up it's usually gets like thrown out because of some agenda it's like well we're gonna do it this way and that way it's like no you're just gonna show up and we're just gonna talk (laughs) but yeah i'd love to see that kind of shit too we like we might even set set something up like that because we've had a we've had that idea tossed to us from a uh, Scott Adlerberg who was on the um he was on the Oni Baba episode and the United Red Army episode. Uh, he's one of those people who, like, he and David go way back. He and I go way back too now at this point. 
but uh you know they are on polar opposite ends on a lot of things and yet are buddies who can call each other up every day so it's like mm. i i think i think there do need to be more blatant examples of that because there is like on one on one level introducing nuance requires you to not really talk about it that much to just do the thing to just be nuanced and complex and just let you know people be like get used to it sort of brainwash them like that <laughs> but i don't know some some parts of the the social climate might need a little bit more blunt force for some for some correcting to occur well i think i think there's this there's something about uh uh like you don't being able to accept that someone is just not going to live and think the way you do and being okay with that, mm -hmm. which seems to be difficult for people nowadays. Right. Yeah. And I, I, th I think, I think being able to like, even if you have a discussion and like, ultimately there's no like resolution about like, Oh, well, we both agree on this. And having that but then still being able to like live together i think is actually like 900 times more important than it ever has been before and mm -hmm. for for i there's a weird thing where like now it's about just being right like i i have the correct thought and everybody needs to have this correct thought because i don't know i guess because i have it so since i have it everybody else should fucking have it too and I, yeah i think i think more people need to be okay that not everyone thinks or lives the same way yeah uh, yeah i i like i like the variety packs you know yeah. like I, I don't need it's like well actually i'm a communist i'm like that's great <laughs> cool <laughs> cool like, <laughs> you you said that was stupid i do think it's stupid <laughs> but like i'm glad <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd like to have a lovely conversation all the same. <laughs> I enjoy many stupid things. It's totally fine. Yeah, I like a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I found out my one of my uncles on my dad's side. I, my dad has like 11, 10, 10 siblings. And like one of them is a flat earther now. And and I thought that was great. Like I had such a good time talking to him about it. And like he really appreciated that I wasn't like fucking with him or being condescending or making fun of him. Like I was just like, I want to hear like how you arrived at this and your logic. And like I'm just fascinated. Like I, uh -huh. I don't believe this because I've been up at in, in an airplane and I've seen the curvature <laughs> of the earth. And I also live in Denmark where like right now it's only a light out for six hours a day. Uh, and that can really only happen if there's like a sphere with, you know, it, so I have my, oh, shut up, you globe cuck. I have my, <laughs> research. I'm like, interesting. <laughs> oh, you're a roundy. Yeah. I'm, I'm always, Rounder too, chill. I'm always like, have you, have you ever shot a gun? Like that shit, you would think it just goes straight, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's because of gravity, right? <laughs> there's always they have they have amazing reasons like and and that is 
I just think it's cool that someone can live in this world that's totally different than me. And they function just the same. I think more and more they're going to try and convince people that like anyone who is like living in a different reality but still functions normally is dangerous. Like I think that's where the things are kind of heading. But uh, but they're not. Flat earthers aren't fucking dangerous. They're nice people. Yeah. That's why, like, that's one of the things I've always been, like, uh, attracted to, like, decorating, like, filling my own stories with, like, trying to run into experiences with out in the world. And, like, the the other art I really fuck with, like, uh, I mean, Harmony Corinne is one who's really good at this, doing sort of, like, uh, you know, a transcendent exploitation of people where it's just like here's a bunch of freaks mm-hmm. and just showing a bunch of weirdos <laughs> who are all just different it's like there's no point to get to it's just life is interesting there's different kinds of people and that's just cool seems like that might be like a a key to like there's like a removal of yourself there where you're like when it comes to storytelling it's like stories are interesting on their own uh i don't need to show everyone that i'm so smart or cool or clever in this uh and make that the showcase it's just stuff's just interesting and i've i've noticed that some of some of my favorite books that i've read are are less flagrant and they're more just like they just kind of describe what happens but it's almost in that just like stark dryness of describing it that it comes to life because there's this just sort of um there isn't like all the the pretty language to distract from like what you're imagining it's almost like a more pure sort of uh journey or vision or something like that i don't know what it was even talking about yeah now. no 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 that's like that's been like kind of my hack because i am kind of a uh a snob for pros i guess like i built myself up i didn't even build myself up i'm like really i'm a really good writer (laughs) so like whenever i get into something i'm like trying to fuck with the language and everything and make it sing like this or like give it a certain rhythm and syntax and like with the cyberpunk thing the hack that i found with that is just doing like what you were just saying it's like there's so much i'm painting this colorful weird ass world that all you have to do is just describe it mm-hmm. and like and then that kind of hacked my brain in other ways where i'm like okay i could kind of like adopt that outside of the cyberpunk genre even and try to look for the like just look for the color and things mm-hmm. of like not having to like you know uh make this beautiful like poetic prose piece about a lego table but it's because of the language it's like no it's because of the lego table (laughs) (laughs) so basically cyberpunk everything cyberpunk everything (laughs) that is the wave that is the wave i'm on right now for like it's the it's the perfect genre to marry the whole like art as product and art as art 
thing too is because like it's so much fun and there's so much to explore within it and then it also is such a nicely like sellable product when you're like this is cyberpunk i write cyberpunk now <laughs> it's like oh fuck for the first time i have something i can be like i have a thing i can describe to you what it is like, <laughs> well it's, it's kind of a slice of life like fumbling around like it's more about the experience than the it's like no nah, this is a cyberpunk story about a, <laughs> a father and son going on a hunting trip to like <laughs> to kill god <laughs> yeah i i wanted to mention um i thought you'd think this was interesting so probably a year and a half ago or something like that, Kurt and I and some other people in um, an old group we were in, uh, we all did, like, I I kind of, like, led everyone through this this Kerninos working that I made up, uh, that I, I, like, borrowed some stuff from other places and cobbled the thing together. And, and like, I performed it on live on a Zoom call and everyone had their own incense and everything going at home. And, and, uh, and several of the people had, like, similar similar experiences in in the trance and it was like rivers of blood hmm. and i thought that was really i got i got i'm trying not to spoil anything but like no I, you I can some, fully spoil like okay, yeah I got, no, that's really that's I really relevant book and i was like fuck i think he <laughs> was on some shit like on some real shit for this like the uh because that's the way shit comes through is it, it doesn't have to make sense. It's like the, the archetypal imagery is true and it pops up in different places and it's telling its own story. That's like a lot, a lot less specific and a lot more abstract. Um, in that experience, I got the impression that it was, it was something to do with like the, the blood of, of ancestors and like, like the, the rivers of blood that flow through time and uh and how and he he struck me as like a first ancestor sort of character or like the first shaman sort of archetype um something like that which is kind of like a god but it's like a human too um but yeah it, it just fucking hit me hard when i was like there's fucking rivers of blood in this and <laughs> this is this is like some this was a vision that several people had at the same time like a year and a half ago so I kind of, yeah, I felt that too at the end where like, and I had a brief moment of hesitation of like, just for clarity, for clarity of the kind of, I don't think it's abstract. It is, it does go crazy. Uh, I don't consider it abstract. Like that's what literally happens at the end of the book. But um, when I change how I refer to him because nobody has names, but like his quote unquote name, like how I changed his name at the very end. I was like, should I, does that like, but then it, it's like, no, he's different now. Like he's something else now. And that just felt right. So I was like, yeah. All right. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely loved it. And like, I think my, one of my favorite things was, uh, you know, I, I always go for like the big metaphysical shit because I, I like the way it like think comment on on reality and and like I love how this god was gross like the world like he was 
not a shining, helpful deity that you want to hang out with. Um, he struck me as just as poisoned as the water, you know? Mm. But it's like, it's like the same deity that's been around forever under different names and, and whatever. But, um, but it, it, it's a God is always like a product of the place where, where human consciousness and culture and land and place all meet up. It's like a combination of all of those things together. Cause it's, it's this place in between where they all meet, um, like a focal point of power. And it, it just struck me as like so spot on that he he was like reflected that and and like it got me really thinking what post apocalyptic land spirits would be like like angry and poisoned and and just like don't give a fuck about us anymore kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. The god of a dead world is like, I mean, what's that god gonna look like? Well, I imagine I, it's also interesting to think like. All, all you couldn't find really great offerings for it either like mostly everything's poisoned so like you're you're still feeding poison back to it even if you're keeping up this practice and like i don't know just a lot there to unpack for me yeah me too because i just wrote it in like you know <laughs> five days <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> i'm so jealous of that output like yeah i, I that's if i think once i finish one thing it'll be really easy to go and start finishing other ones. I think it's just that like finishing one is like the obstacle on that. But, but damn, I would love to, to be able to like pump out a book or two a year. That would be so cool to just be like, I just did this fucking five days. Fuck you. <laughs> it was, it was a bit of a putting my money where my mouth is with that kind of thinking of like, just because I felt I, I kept getting hung up on how to write it like I kind of knew there was a part of me that wanted to say something specific and then there was something else as there always is that I'm not you know I'm not contemplating the entire message of the thing or whatever so there's just something else that just naturally flows out and I had too many blocks around that natural flow where I was just like fuck it. I, I feel like I got to a point where I was like, I think this is an important book. And so if I really feel that way, then I should be able to write it in five days, right? I'm just a conduit. So, <laughs> so I was like, yep, starting all over. Let's go. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's really cool because it seems like the, the secret to effective magic is the same to effective writing and effective art is just like get your getting yourself out of the fucking way yeah and it was one of those things i like i wanted it to function as some sort of magic ritual because also because like a lot of the things that were tripping up my magic practice and like the timing of certain things was the writing of this book <laughs> so i was like well fuck it and like the the book's gonna become my magic ritual and so then it had to be very concentrated and rapid and more of a a ceremonious ritual than like a you know a, a process it's really cool that's also funny that you're you've you're you've been talking about like following this lunation right and then the book the moon is crashed into the earth so there's a it's like the fucking <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's a great point 
<laughs> I can't hit these lunar timings. Fuck you. The moon's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> the moon cracked in half. Yeah. Yeah. All all kinds of of shit. And then like some of the like trying to you get in your own way of like interpreting the thing like the longer you take your ego does take over and start kind of like interpreting what you're doing as you're doing it and it's like mm. i've written so much like autobiographical stuff that i get to this book and it's just like you know it's kind of a fable it's a cyberpunk like post-apocalyptic like myth and but from my history of like the majority of what I've written, even if it's like a surreal twisted version of like some autobiographical shit, it's very personal. And so I'm like injecting personal shit into this. And before I like one of uh, another one of the blocks was being like, am I the boy? Am I the father? Am I mm. like, bro, shut up. <laughs> this isn't about <laughs> you. <laughs> this book is not about you. <laughs> Just write it. <laughs> Kel- Kelby, I'd say you're the pussy sword. That's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, that was wicked. I was happy about that. <laughs> No, that's that's pretty awesome. So it's almost like you're you're writing it almost stream of conscious in a way. Um but it yeah. sounds like it at least. Yeah, uh, no, a, a lot of it was and a lot of it would be um uh the things that would flow I learned a lot with this one where like the Cause I'm a big note taker. Cause again, my memory sucks. So I have like note cards everywhere, like all throughout my house. I have pens mm-hmm. and note cards, so I can just be like, ah, and write that down. And mm-hmm. they do. There is a point where like they all get thrown out on the floor, and I'm sort of arranging them and sort of being like, oh, these don't go together, and tossing some of them. And but I realized with this of scratching everything and starting all over and going from memory, like the things that I had in there that like yet made it back into it. uh, That like, you can just, you can just flow. Like Mm. the, the things just start coming to you the same way that like the idea will hit you and you'll be like, Oh, I need to write that down. Well, you're in the process of just writing it all down. (laughs) <laughs> like all of it <laughs> i kind of wonder if it would be what it would be like to write a first draft and then burn it and then write the second draft like just for memory so you're you're only remembering the important shit and the stuff that really mattered to you and then you have to like fill in the rest again i think that i mean i think that happened like sometimes that ha- a version of that happens inadvertently because like yeah. computers will crash or whatever <laughs> and yeah. it's like I, well i had this thing written well fuck it i'm not i'm not gonna lose that so you just do it the best you can and then and it's funny because i think i think I, i'm not a published writer or anything I, I mean i write i write for myself and i'd like to get to a point where i'm doing that but what what seems to happen is that like you kind of have to retell the story a couple times anyway so it's going to morph 
Yeah. So, and, and at some point it's like, I mean, how often are you going to, if you're editing it how often are you going to be beholden to that first version of it anyway? Hmm. Right. Right. Like, yeah, you, you're gonna have to burn parts of it as you go <laughs> in some sense. I'm sure you'd lose some really sweet bangers. Like if you, if you did that, that you wouldn't remember, but are really good, but like yeah. overall it might end up being like a better result. I don't know. It'd be interesting. It's just the, it's part of the play with it where you can't hold things. That's why they call it killing your darlings. Like in editing, it, it sounds more like a, a savage, like concrete thing. Like a, this is a, this is a product and to make your product the best, you got to just be ruthless. It's, but it's also part of the artistic ritual of it too, where it's like, you experience these things, you know, you got to, you got to play with the fairies and everything, but they, they went away like the sun came up yeah. and they went they went away yeah that, that's fine that's fine <laughs> yeah the the the, <laughs> co- the 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 elves can only cobble so many goddamn shoes the, the sun comes up and it's like well i gotta put the shoelaces in these motherfuckers right like, <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. the one that need to sell it needs to sell them and everything yeah. it's time to lace up yeah <laughs> <laughs> Editing is like trying to put your clothes back on correctly after 10 grams of mushrooms <laughs> in the morning. You're just like, what happened? How does this all fit? <laughs> Why is there this paragraph about this fucking plumber? Like, what where did this come from? I that doesn't go. Get, get the fuck out of here. And sometimes, like, I do believe in that conduit thing. Uh like there's a you know there's a muse and sometimes it can go somewhere else it's like man but that was that was so sweet like it had i have to put that in there but it just Mm -hmm. doesn't work and like that happened too i told david about the the man losing his limbs and the boy carrying him on his back and he was like did i tell you about that i was like about what he was like he was like a version of God's fair no better was where it was just this this guy carrying around his dad on his back and I was like no you didn't tell me about that (laughs) he was like huh well that wanted to exist somewhere he was like I ain't writing it so I guess (laughs) that's so weird like like because I'm I'm familiar with the idea that if you get an idea and you don't get it out quick enough it goes to someone else like the muses do not wait Mm-hmm. but the idea that it just goes to the next closest person that's hilarious. <laughs> right it like goes through your earbud into the person you're talking to <laughs> like if i don't finish one of my stories like kurt's gonna just be like oh hey i finished this will you check it out like, god damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wrote all... this pirate story man that's really good <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like pirates of the caribbean it's like it's no, it's real. about it's about this yeah. it's about this mother and daughter, and they go on a fishing trip, and they they fish up a god, and uh, oh wait, uh, no, no, it's totally original. <laughs> like, fucking destroyed me, like, but it's like it's like real. <laughs> That's so me. <laughs> I am trying to write a pirate story, but it's like in a world where there's no sun, so it's like the only light is like controlled by the empire and they have a fake sun and moon that goes around this island and under under it 
So like the further you get away from it, the more like your own personal shadows actually manifest. And like the pirates all live out in the darkness and they sail out in the darkness. And so they're like spirits manifest and shit. Um, trying to trying to work it out. It's going to be fun if it, if it ever gets there. Bro, that's yeah. You got to write that. <laughs> that's killer it's, it's i love that shit too the like fucking with the sky there's something that e rathke does that like eddie the, who's done how was on broken river he's part of the broken river group chat he does whatever the fuck he wants but yeah we claim he's part of broken river he uh he does that shit all the time he's like and there were seven moons i'm like seven moons jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> i th- well i'm 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 kind of just trying to take advice from from agitator and like be like it's cool to just take from things I like and not get hung up on trying to make this super original shit. So like I'm playing Sunless Sea, which is like a video game where you uh, it's top down and you're in a boat, and it's the concept is that London sunk beneath the the earth, and so you're in an underground sea, and it's okay. like this concept of being on a boat and darkness. Uh, I'm just totally ripping off from there. But then the whole pirate shit and like, yeah, it's it's just kind of like, it's like it was with when I wrote music, you know, you, you like something, it gets stuck in your head, slowly it morphs into something that it wasn't. And then you just write it down and it's your song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, done. <laughs> yeah. No, you hear it in music all the time. Like with the, the way that different genres influence others. I even, I, there's like songs by Kevin Gates I've heard where I'm like, this is a country song. <laughs> I've, I've told that to another a friend of mine who's a big Gates head. That's his favorite rapper. He's like, what? I'm like, listen to it. It has that. Like the, it has that rhythm of like, you're at like a, a two-step. He's like, this ain't a country song. Like you can hear it. You, mm. you feel the country in there somewhere <laughs> that's something music professors will point out like is that like genre isn't a genre because it shows up on that station it actually is those like root elements that define it it's just that we are not that educated like i don't fucking know that shit but uh, but it's actually true like you're right like technically yeah and uh like uh there's been a lot of uh grumbling in the independent like literary scene over the past few years of like rip off and and i I don't i'm kind of like post theft at this point where (laughs) art can't be stolen and like there are there are moments where you can see you can tell that somebody in your sphere took something you were kind of doing and they really like leaned into that like when it's done in a shallow way it's like all right motherfucker like it's on site if i ever see you but at the same mm-hmm. time it's like whatever steal it like yeah that's how art is i mean you're dropping the n-bomb again now what's what's funny is like um uh like i don't know how much you you like looked into like all the old pulp authors that were kind of surrounded Lovecraft and that whole scene, but they were all about like wholesale stealing from each other. In fact, it was kind of like the part of the reason like Lovecraft is as famous as he is, is because he was just like, everybody can use 
my mythos. I don't give a fuck. So yeah. like, like kind of Conan's woven into Lovecraftian shit. And like there was, there's like just a ton of authors that have sort of his like creatures in it and his deities and stuff that they're that filtered out because all those guys were um and that's the other thing they're all in correspondence with each other like lovecraft probably wrote more letters than he did books and stories which mm-hmm. is crazy like he has this like he it, it was almost pre-internet like these guys all talked to each other so there's there's something um it's just really it's a cool idea it's almost like the uh the mycelial network that then the fiction grows out of mm-hmm. yeah and it's they're, they're all going to flavor each other and cross-pollinate but the the actual fruit's going to be slightly different yeah, yeah. It's, and, and like appear like different instances but they're kind of all part of one web yeah yeah no it's beautiful when it happens that way too like it's not so many degrees separated it's like an actual correspondence like that's that's what broken river has become and that's what's kind of forced my perspective on any kind of like theft or whatever to change is because we talk to each other all day long like the five of us and somebody says something and i'm like i'm stealing that for the book (laughs) not even not even like a asking like you gonna write that or hey can i tell you it's like oh i'm using that (laughs) we all get hyped off of it too it's like oh fuck yeah like i mean about this thing that i said (laughs) great well i mean i mean also there's a there's a there's something to be said awesome is like you know everybody uses sides on this one thing this one trope or metaphor or whatever everybody's going to use it in the next book or whatever and like, mm-hmm. how does each person use that? Because it's because even if you're all, or you, if it is the same thing, no one's going to apply it the same way. No. And that's, that's yeah. and then, and actually, in some ways, that's cooler. That's kind of like the Agrippa McGrib project. Like, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jim Saylor, our friend that does Nightbird Radio, uh, he's uh, the three of us were in a chat and I like read something wrong and I saw Agrippa McRib and I was like, that's fucking hilarious and kurt was like that's that's like a hobo shaman and then we're like okay this has legs like we're gonna do something with this and and so now we're all like writing a separate story without any knowledge of the other ones about this character a grip mcrib hobo shaman nice and so it'll be really fun to just be like where did you fucking guys go with this like you go anywhere (laughs) yeah yeah oh hell yeah I love that, like steal each other's lore characters and just have it all like different interprets. I mean, Dying World, Howl and Mercy were all being written at the same time and to drop Mm. at the same time to where we couldn't be like, hey, which I mean, we, you know, sent screenshots of like, I just wrote this scene. This is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. But like uh, for the most part, it's like you get to the end of it and then you're like, all right, so what did you do? Oh, damn. Yeah, we, we all learned mm. about this totally different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a. I'm, I'm excited to finish that episode. I love when you guys talk shop about writing. Like, those are my favorite episodes. I'm really happy to hear you got good response from that because uh, the episode started and you guys are like, well, it's a book episode. Fuck you. We're talking about our books because it's our show. And we'll probably get no downloads on this one. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true because anybody who's interested in in like sitting around talking about stories 
they're going to be interested in like how they're crafted too. It might just be like something they got to get tricked into over a, a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It would be really cool to write. Like, like I've been tricked into it through you guys, you know, it's like this, like you're excited about the things, but you're also doing your own things and talking about that. And it makes it seem really easy. Like it's not, but it, it makes you think it's like, Oh, I can just write a book. Like I can just do this if I want to. Uh, yeah. No, you can. You can. <laughs> the trick is, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, have you ever, I'm curious if you've ever, um, like, do you ever invoke anybody or ask for, like, inspiration from any specific sources or anything like that? Like, does your magic and your writing, have they crossed paths in that kind of way yet? Yeah, a couple of times I've asked the same person about something and he's shown up in actually like three of my books at this point where mm. it, because i actually had a, a homie who was uh like my direct magic consultant on that like he was super versed in like tarot and astrology and like pretty much all the you know was a practitioner of a lot of different shit was like fucked with all the shit but uh like i do regular call him up for like regular tarot readings and astrological like mapping because that shit is like off the top of his head just all the shit that i have to look up and study for so long to even start comprehend i'm like i i get it but I don't have the mental capacity to like, just be like, blah, blah, blah. You know, Jupiter is in Venus now. And that means that I need to invest wisely or whatever. Uh, <laughs> like I'm busy writing a fucking book. I don't have that much bandwidth. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, a, he was real uh, important. We were just, we were close friends. We'd chop it up all the time. He lived in Arizona. He was a, uh, he was a magic consultant for the cartel um something he kind of got into because he uh i mean he was he was a street guy and he also had a ton of he had this uh elos donlos syndrome i don't know i'm pronouncing that wrong but uh eds where like he had really really thin tissue like on all of his mm. organs and that's how he died was his heart just disintegrated oh, um, oh wow is this and, the same thing that got M M mora uh, uh i i think that was that like aortic sever okay yeah that's whatever right. so it is a different thing okay yeah that thing that like they just came up with a term with and acted like it, it it's, it's always there. existed and it's like <laughs> yeah, i've never <laughs> exploding heart syndrome i've never heard of this before <laughs> like ah, it happens uh, <laughs> all the time <laughs> it was crazy because that in that in berserk uh god is a heart that is a heart yeah it's like i was just past like that that scene was fresh on the mind by the time that like he passed in that way i was like what did oh, he write yeah, his own I death i know i it's so and then it's it's also insane like i don't know if you follow like his friend that's taking over like their relationship and then how their relationship is basically mirrored between like uh guts and uh 
in Griffith. Yeah. It's yeah. really fucking nuts. <laughs> I watched that little mini documentary and I was just like jaw on the floor the whole time. Yeah, it's fucking it's really bizarre. I haven't read the new stuff. I'm I'm keen to though. Because there's some I, there's yeah. some there's some yeah, there's something bigger happening. I don't know. That book is like Berserk is so funny because you see the the art like from the outside looking in, you see how it's stylized, you see the art you see the like main characters and everything with this big ass sword and like all this blood and guts and like pornographic sex and everything and you're like i I say completely sincerely like this is like the bible to me (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i want to drill that home so hard because i know you can look at it and be like Oh, okay. Yeah, you are an anime dork, aren't you? So. It's almost got as much violence as the Bible. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> it's working on. It. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just gonna say, like yeah, Isaac, my home, like that's I've uh, I've called upon him since his passing to just like that that was hard even though it felt right because he was born that way it's like this is how he was gonna go yeah it's like i don't know it it felt wrong it was like no what the fuck it's a really special kind of relationship um to have somebody that not only believes these things are real with you, but knows more about it than you and like wants to help. That's, it's huge. Like the first person that ever kind of made me feel that way, they didn't like mentor me or anything, but it was my girlfriend's dad when I was like 19. And he died like several years after we broke up, but he's, he's coming through for me at times when I like, wasn't thinking of him at all and didn't expect him to or anything um like since he died he's he's showed up real strong there's there's that connection um because you you can't get it anywhere else and and if someone like that leaves your life it's just like this horrible pain of like where the fuck am I gonna find somebody else like how am I gonna they're irreplaceable you know um even when you do it's it's not the same it's not the same person it's not that first person that like opened your world up and like helped you to step into that better yeah yeah and his like he was he was equally important to david as well and he championed our shit like really hardcore and i know that like uh i know david feels this way too that like we go real hard like for him too Mm -hmm. like i've told david like isaac believes in us too hard we can't be like man fuck this shit whatever like we we have to go hard that's yeah that's huge and someone who was uh like a practitioner and had their shit straight is probably going to be a very helpful ally after their death too like i have no doubt that this dude's got both of your backs and like in your work and in your where you're heading and stuff there's a lot of power in 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 a healthy dead person that has your back (laughs) yeah It's some heavy shit. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> first, first, like, natural silence we've had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just going blah, 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 for two and a half hours now. Yeah, I, I don't know how much time you got. Like, if you need to, uh, I don't want to take all your time. I don't know where you're I at. Don't, 
I don't sleep anymore. <laughs> wherever, <laughs> wherever, I mean, you know, wherever y'all want to call it. If y'all want to keep going, I'm, I'm down. I'm down I'm for whatever. It. I'm gonna make that Kurt's decision. <laughs> then we'll just be here at like tomorrow morning still. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's let's go to at least four a.m. my time. No, I don't know. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good for a little while still, for sure. Yeah, I can talk for a bit longer. I also like, um, because uh, it feels like we're genuinely getting weird now, which is really good. <laughs> you have the yeah that first silence is like okay okay what's this gonna lead into yeah i love that about y'all show too where y'all have because there's so many shows where it works for comedy if you're one of those where you have to fill every moment mm. because everybody's always thinking of something funny to like interject or they're like thinking of the thing the last person said to bounce off and turn into a bit or whatever yeah but and you hear everything is just somebody going so yeah you seen the white lotus uh it's like <laughs> bro you can you can shut up for a second like and let the moment breathe <laughs> it also depends on the guest for me uh i found a lot like because I, I have a way of wanting to sort of mirror people to make them feel more comfortable like i just kind of naturally do that um they're they're just pace or their vibe or whatever but then that all goes out the fucking window if i'm nervous and i just want to like be funny (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't work it's like those are the worst episodes (laughs) those are my worst moments that's why uh that's why i'm glad that like uh at least the ones that i listen to like podcasts now that like don't really have that interview format at all anymore it's all just like a conversation and the yeah. majority of the time like the guests no matter if they're familiar with the like if they've ever been on that platform or not people get what it is to, at this point that they just come in like yeah we're just chopping it up like because the interview is just so awkward it's one of those things that like i think has to be like either a certain type of person to make sense or like a written thing (laughs) yeah i i think i think there's interviews have places when when it's someone someone who's very prominent and they're you're bringing them on to talk about a specific thing maybe but um even that uh over a long enough time, if you talk it to them long enough, the artifice of that is going to break down. Yeah. So it can't help but turn into like a natural conversation. Um, ideally. Although I don't know. I don't know. I, I have you have you guys ever had anyone on the show? It's just like you can't, for whatever reason, there's this like barrier that just won't break. And it's like we're going to stay in this mode. Yeah, like I'm ta- I'm interviewing you. You're this expert or whatever, and I, and I'm here to tap the fucking turpentine of your genius or whatever the fuck. It is. Yeah, we we've had, um, we try. We usually have a good uh, gut instinct about who would end up not being a good, you know, who good might fit. end up being like that. And just being like, nah, we're, 
that's cool but (laughs) but uh we've also learned through experience with a couple of guests of being like yeah that like not, not even i don't even know if there was ever a thing of like them wanting to talk about themselves so much as just being like thinking it was like an interview so instead of just relaxing and letting the conversation flow it was them being like so what other kind of anime are y'all into it's like bro that, that has nothing to do with the thing we were just talking about <laughs> it's like some imaginary track that they have in their mind of like how a podcast should go and they're like trying to correct the host to get back on track yeah yeah Real whenever <laughs> yeah like you're in my house i even sometimes i apologize for staying on track and i'm trying to not even do that like to not to throw out all equivocation it's like no i've like i naturally had a thought about the thing we're supposed to be talking about so i'm just gonna say it even though it's like i'm so i'm sorry i'm getting us back on track but this made me think about (laughs) look i know this is a little on point but (laughs) forgive me but Takashi Miike is (laughs) I think that's yeah fuck fuck explaining ourselves I don't don't like it it's such a waste of time it's a waste of energy like all that uh or to say like uh in my opinion before you say something it's like it's coming out of my mouth it's obviously my opinion. I should not have to qualify that. Are you that insecure in reality that you think that me not saying that is going to somehow change your entire world? Like, yeah. <laughs> you didn't say the magic words. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know, Brian. I think you should say in Kurt's opinion, and then you should just say the worst possible fucking thing. And then Well, you it's just... like Kurt always says. They should just murder <laughs> yeah. all the children. Yeah. It's, just... <laughs> it's like should... Kurt always says, you know, I love Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> like Kurt always says, raisins are way better than grapes. <laughs> Went a little too far with that one, Kurt. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I have, I have, I have difficult opinions. But, I, but we were already talking about it. we need to live with difficult people, difficult opinions. <laughs> Unless they like raisins. <laughs> Funny enough, I do not like raisins. So that's <laughs> oh, me neither. See that is like uh, they're just tortured a lot of, grapes. <laughs> I've seen a lot of kids get into raisins more. I'm like, is that a? I thought that was an old person thing. Why are so many kids eating raisins now? That's preposterous. Don't they know that there's like actual grapes you can have? Yeah, like, my son reached for a sun-made carton at the grocery store and I slapped it out of his hand. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have no fucking raisin eaters in this house. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> it's like if a fruit got a flat and you're going to eat that. What the fuck? <laughs> if, a fruit, if a fruit got a flat. <laughs> I think of those like little corpse mummies. They're just like they're the ones that are dead and rotting. It's like, yummy. <laughs> I do fuck with some dried some uh, dried mangoes though. I don't think mm. there's any other dried fruit that I don't love. I think that's why I dislike raisins so much. It's because I'm just like you're you're so average. Yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't compare. You don't you don't stack up to the mango. 
Oh, I, uh, the other good one is, uh, have you ever had apple chips? Apple chips are good. Yeah. yeah. I like those, like those crazy root chips. They're like, um, they're like different kinds of <laughs> and stuff. Mm. And they're, they're real weird. Like some of them are sweet and there's like beet chips in there and stuff. Some expensive ass shit my mom used to buy me. <laughs> <laughs> All the really good shit always costs a lot of money. Yeah. They've gotten, they started, they installed those like top down cameras that like have, some, they can like pick up the, they focus on the item that you're scanning at the self checkout and all that shit now totally oh. fucked up my game because i was like i was stealing all the good fruit just being like <laughs> this is a jalapeno 20 cents for a dragon fruit this is <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn that's brilliant yeah. i don't know why i never did that <clears throat> it seems so obvious to me yeah this yeah. this is a lemon 25 pack of diapers <laughs> 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 I, i've never i've never i think i only ever stole from grocery stores when i was spending all my money on drugs like i because i you know i don't have kids i never had anybody but myself to support and or whatever um but like i would be like high as fuck on heroin and crack and like stuffing bacon down my pants in walmart <laughs> <laughs> I got this. They don't care. <laughs> like, I can just tell myself they didn't mind. <laughs> I just leave so I didn't get nervous. <laughs> man, there's something yeah. like extra trashy about shoplifting bacon. That's pretty, man, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> but then when, when I'm such a shit, when I had food stamps, I would go get like smoked from whole foods and like 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 a fucking 20 dollars steak and shit and i'd spent all my food mm -hmm. stamps in like a few days oh god so dumb <laughs> no i would yeah i would do that same thing uh <laughs> and then they give you so much that like or they used to i don't know that I, i'd be like you know this is this is a failed system because honestly i don't need this much like i feel like you know it could balance out it could work a little better if you didn't give me so much but since you did i'm gonna go get a steak <laughs> and then i'm gonna sell the last 200 dollars for drug money <laughs> like, hey i've got 200 dollars on a food stamp card i'll give it to you for 100 the, the trick was once they made it like a refillable card and then you're like oh we gotta go to the store together like i gotta find the right dude that's willing to do that with me Fuck. yeah 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 you had to kind of keep it close unless you were willing to go through all that shit like yeah let me go let me go to the store with you it's like well i ain't got time right now i'm gonna go on friday it's like okay motherfucker come on like <laughs> when are we doing this it's like do you want your crack money yes i do so... <laughs> i don't can't think of any other way you're gonna get it right now so <laughs> you know i've been trying <laughs> and the glory days of the actual stamps where you could just be like here <laughs> i never had them then uh yeah by the time i got them it was all card shit me too. Yeah, I was, it, that's how it was for me too. Like I was, I was so confused. They handed me a card, and I was like, "So, is this like cash?" <laughs> like, 
This, this doesn't look like money at all. No. <laughs> What's wrong? What's going on? And this is not a stamp. Y'all shouldn't call this food stamps. This is a card. And they're like, yeah, we don't call it food stamps anymore. You do. Yeah. <laughs> it's free. Swipe that EBT. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> you ever hear that? that's a good song it's it's a real rap song i don't know who it is though. <laughs> that's good yeah i thought i think that uh it was weird for me always being like because i i was not a member of the ghetto where i would buy drugs like it was like you're the you're the fucking emo musician dude that comes in here every few days <laughs> so it was always like sketchy the best thing that could happen was like uh like you here's a grocery list you just go get us the stuff we need and come back with the food and then we give you the drugs that was the best scenario so it's usually like baby formula and shit yeah like i need 200 dollars worth of baby formula and food stamps today <laughs> yeah yeah no that's that is the best case scenario to uh catch somebody with kids kids are always good in the ghetto for i mean it's not good for the kids but for you in those situations it's like <laughs> okay you might not do some wild shit in front of your your toddler <laughs> like might be a little bit safer of a scenario so at least in theory this guy's got a reason to live uh, yeah you've got a reason <laughs> to live but then i mean it could be that desperation too <laughs> Yeah, it was usually a good sign if it's the dealer, because then it's like, you know, they're probably safer than the guy that's running around with no ties. <laughs> I I, uh, I was unaware that a relative of mine had stolen from a dealer who was a like a mutual dealer of ours. And I went over to his house and he was one of the like he he had kids. It was always just a chill, whatever, like everybody's friends here kind of thing. And uh, I didn't know my cousin stole from him. And we, my cousin and I ran together and got into shit together too. And so he was well aware of this. And so he kind of, I was like sort of secondhand the guy who stole from him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ended, yeah, I ended up having to pay him to kind of walk away with my life with a, a situation Jesus. where he was, he was like, yeah, so... Uh, I need formula and uh I was like Dad, I, I'm yeah I'm sorry bro that's fucked up like I don't know what got into him like I you know and he he's like yeah you're not you're not leaving this house without somebody paying me back <laughs> I was like all right word <laughs> how much <laughs> <do you need?" laughs> really didn't fuck with either of them again after like i barely fucked with my cousin again after that some more instances happened where i was like i can't you're you're too much and then that dude i was like yeah nah that's one of those like that's the dangerous dad side where i'm like i don't blame you like i got kids too i get it yeah that's... <laughs> yeah like, this that. this went from real friendly family values you know, buying buying drugs from another dad <laughs> to, to, to being like oh shit okay yeah yeah they're like the it's nothing personal but 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Uh, I didn't have, I had a, a lot worse of an experience. I, I think also the difference in substance makes a difference too. Like something about crack, like you've really, if you go, if you go in with crack, like you end up, you let a lot of shit just go. A lot of your life, you just like, no, I don't need it. <laughs> um, one of those things was like, I let drug dealer borrow my car. And, and he would just come drop off like X amount of drugs every few days. Um, wow. For like months. And I was just like, okay. And then that got really out of hand. He like totally, I don't even know what I said. I didn't mean a damn thing by it. He like heard something I said wrong. And I still don't know what it was to this day. He showed up, opens the door. He's just like, all right, yeah, I got you. Just like normal. And then all of a sudden, whoop, there's a a wire around my throat and I'm on the ground and there's a boot on my head. And I'm like, well, this isn't, this isn't how I saw this going. Like, you ever fucking talk to me like that again? And I'm like, I'm no idea what you're talking about, but I'm really sorry. <laughs> but that kind of shit, uh, the way that that like demasculated me, like needing the drug so bad that you would take shit you would never have fucking taken. Um, mm. It's taken me years to climb back out and like grow a pair again. Like it, it's a lot. It really fucks with you to take shit and know like you shouldn't be. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy in the moment like because it, it's the substances you're on too that make you think like i've got my shit together like i'm good like i feel great <laughs> actually i feel amazing and everything looking back it's like you were hardly even a person <laughs> like you were a <laughs> You're a shrimp of a man. <laughs> and that's scary shit because I know in the like years of cleanup afterwards, because that's been like most of my, like the time that I've been going hard with spirit stuff is in those like five years, you know? And there were definitely like attachments, like spirit attachments. Like I don't want to say possessions, but it kind of is. It's like, I think we can get possessed by a thousand spirits in small ways at the same time. Like you make little bargains for comfort or for like emotional stability or like, Ooh, I can't handle that. So whenever that happens, I'm going to like distract myself. Like that might be actually like a, a little pact you're making with something. And, and I had shit clear anatomy later that I was just like, these are like demons, like, like the, the self shrinks when you let people step onto you and you're like not true to yourself, like you, you do, you get smaller and it, you, like you said, you become kind of a shell. Um, but what concerns me is like, what's moving in and like setting up shop while you're the shell, while you're like in a little corner of your mind, what's pulling all the fucking strings. And it's not just the drugs and you, it's like your guards down and you're open and God knows what the fuck else is in there, which that's yeah. Yeah, no, that that's why, like, I'm not the, well, there's a lot of cases of people getting to a certain point of being strung out where they're, like, they're seeing shadow people, and, mm. I like, I got that, and then I'll hear about it and be, like, and, you know, read it on the drug forums and stuff where it's, like, oh, this is a thing, and it's, like, 
I don't even see it as like a, oh, it's a symptom of the drug or whatever. It's like, I mean, yeah, in a way, but like, it's because there, there's shadow people that you are letting in mm. on this. Like they're, they're taking over. They're there. <laughs> yeah. And I think those can be like various assortments of things. Uh, I think the first thing that gets you is your unhealthy ancestors because they're already part of you. They're already in your blood. Like no amount of protections can keep them from influencing you. It's it's something you have to go in and heal. Um, but the, like, once you get really distorted from bad influences, then I think worse, bigger than kind of like how you in the movie. There's like the potentially a collaboration between a demon and a ghost. Like there's there's some kind of relation going on there. I think the same thing happens. Like um, you can get kind of in tune with some ancestors that have grudges or unfinished shit going on and they're kind of stuck in these loops and it gets you stuck in a loop um because they're kind of thinking for you and then like <clears throat> through that you're like vulnerable to bigger shit but um yeah it's just like the, i think a lot of the time those shadow people are probably like the dead and maybe not even like your dead maybe even just the ones that are in the place where you live um yeah that was a big deal in Germany. Like Germany is so haunted. And the whole time that I was there, it's like violent ghosts. Like they're, I would get violent imagery and um, de horrible depressive thoughts. It was the first time I'd have thought about suicide in like years. And like, it wasn't like considering it. It's just like the thought, the violence, the, and, um, and I would have to like do an elevation. And then like a few days later, it would be the same. And I'd have to like clear it out again um but i imagine that kind of shit with no knowledge of it and then being fucked up i think that's probably how <laughs> serial killers <laughs> maybe not serial killers that's more of a yeah but at least like the crimes of passion and such yeah yeah for sure What were all the, what were all the substances you, I know heroin and crack. That's pretty much it. Like it started with pills, like probably everybody else in our generation. Um, <clears throat> but you know, the pills run out and then you find this other shit's cheaper. Um, but what's weird is I had like, that was my first bout with opiates was, like, was 18 years old to maybe 23, 20. Yeah. And then and then through most of my 20s, I just played in bands and I was drunk all the time. And like here and there, I would do, I would do hallucinogens and I had a pretty good time. Uh, but then at some point, like opiates found their way back in. I've had a few rounds where like shit fell apart, got better for a few years, but it didn't really get better because I didn't really like do the inner work. Um, it was like following the bullshit, like AA, like guidelines of again with the diagnosis or curses like telling yourself i'm always gonna have to struggle with this like well now you are mm -hmm. yeah like i didn't buy into that and i don't think about crack at all anymore i don't even dream about it anymore like if it shows up in a dream i ignore it and that that's huge um mm -hmm. but the crack came later it was weird it was like 
I wasn't even in danger of being addicted to opiates at the point, at the time when I, like I'd, I'd gone through that. And then I was only having them on hand so I didn't have to face the horrible come down of the crack. Um, it's like opiates were just there to like cushion that fall. Um, and that was when she got real bad. Like uh, some shit disappeared that I didn't remember taking, but it like I stole some shit from people that I cared about and didn't even know it until like cops were involved. Um, oh, shit. Hmm. And it was a miracle that nothing happened to me. Because if I'd have got convicted with anything then, I wouldn't have made it into Denmark. <laughs> like, my future with my wife was waiting for me. And, like, there was there were many miracles to keep me from getting charged. And I would not be here with her. Like, it's real. Hmm. It's real crazy. Um, but at some point, I basically got ran out of my hometown. Like, uh, it was like, all your friends would like you to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> And so that was that was about five years ago. My whole world like burned to the ground. And what's weird is after a little while, uh, the friends that I I thought were real friends all along, like showed back up, most of them, and were just like, "Yeah, glad you're better. Cool. What's up?" Mm-hmm. And the rest like still had this fucking grudge, and and I don't think they were ever actually friends in the first place. So it's it's one of those apocalypses that that it's for the better it's like we're gonna make some ash to enrich this soil so we're gonna burn it to the fucking ground um everything's been better since it's been a slow climb but but it's weird because if i had successfully stuck to na i would never be happy and healthy like i am now like i would still be struggling and going to meetings and in in the states and i wouldn't be practicing magic and all those things had to like become completely destroyed to show me what was like real in the world um and i kind of relate like alistair crowley says he he often said like you should just follow your desires even if they are destructive like see them through um because it's like calling you to something and then peter kingsley who writes about like ancient greece and sufism and stuff um he he kind of says the same thing that like in Sufism, it's it's like he calls it the inner magnet, where it's like whatever's pulling you, that's where the lesson is. Like that's where the meat of life that you were saying earlier, like, like you gotta figure, like, what did I come here for? It's like desire is always pointing you in that direction. You might not like what's in store, or like you might see this desire is taking me somewhere that I don't want to go, but that doesn't mean you don't have to go there, you know? Um necessarily it, you might still have to fucking go there even though you see it coming and that it's gonna suck mm-hmm. uh, that was kind that's of the fucking long-winded answer but that's the compass from uh pirates of the caribbean your favorite movie <laughs> <laughs> points to your heart's truest desire <laughs> not what you wish for it to point to <laughs> what if your heart's truest desire was that compass would it just like explode you end up in the did you ever see that that family guy bit where uh adam west holds like a microwave up to a toaster or something like that and then he ends up in just this floating white space (laughs) (laughs) i I always love the idea that there are like secret codes in the universe like it's it's like a video game but there are like edit like dev hacks where you can just open up like developer mode somehow (laughs) oops (laughs) that'd be great 
I want the Grand Theft Auto cheat codes. <laughs> the guns, the cars, the money. Give me that. <laughs> I just like start putting in all the classic Doom ones. <laughs> God mode, all ammo, no clip. Fuck you. <laughs> you got the people using it for like the really weird ones. The Tony Hawk kid kid mode big head <laughs> like, why'd, you, why'd you choose that you already looked kind of weird <laughs> it was are, you, are you obsessed with mario so you keep jumping down sewer grates what are you doing it's not a glorious life it's my life <laughs> Wait, the highest levels in Iowa? I don't understand. How the fuck does <laughs> I've always wondered, is Mario some kind of surreptitious racism from Japanese against Italians? <laughs> it's a very it's a very odd one. I was thinking about that just the other day, actually. I think because I imitated Mario and was like, I feel like Mario is a some kind of stereotype but one that doesn't make any sense <laughs> italians are just like we don't do that at all <laughs> like, you know you know how italians how they're always plumbers <laughs> you know? i think you're hitting it like exactly right i think that they're in japan just like use a stereotype and they're like uh there are plumbers they're all plumbers <laughs> It's like makes it up in the idea room and they're like, no one knows anything about fucking Italy and Japan. So they're just like, yes, that sounds <laughs> excellent research. They all have this competitive cuckolding with their brothers. Where they're like, <laughs> I'm going to get the princess. No, I'm going to get the princess. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always on hallucinogens. <laughs> yeah. Italians love mushrooms. Italians love mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> No, not Anita, Portabella. <laughs> and they fucking hate turtles. They hate turtles so much. <laughs> They're always beating those. Well, they might be onto something because wasn't Cannibal Holocaust an Italian movie? Or <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so, I mean, well, that's what you know. That like, it's like it's like Kurt always says. Uh, she was as unhappy as an Italian in a turtle farm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Have you Italians what? Go no, go ahead. What, uh, what about Oh uh, no, I'm like I think Italians are probably the also the only stereotype that like you can make fun of and it doesn't really matter whatsoever. <laughs> like, it's so funny everybody it's like the the very opposite of the J word. Is like, yeah, you know how Italians like free game, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have, fuck, yeah. have at it from the <laughs> accent to the, like everything. I think <laughs> if your country's leader was like, Yeah, we're gonna kill a bunch of Jews. I think you're still okay for making <laughs> like, I think that's what it is. It's like that if you participated in Nazism, then we still get to make fun of you. <laughs> Except for the Japanese, because it is kind of you start doing the Asian accent and people go, hey, 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 hey. You yeah. know, <laughs> you like, know what? If, it, if it weren't for Hiroshima, we could still make fun of Japanese people, though. Let's be real. 
they were, they, were, they were on board with the Hitler shit. I'm just saying. Yeah, if it weren't for Hiroshima and Nagasaki, it's they uh, they did some really Kong. really terrible shit all on themselves. The rape mm-hmm. of Nanking's pretty fucked up. Yeah, hey, I have to uh, uh, I have to stick to the agitator brand and just be like, you know different uh, different cultures you know <laughs> i love nazis as kurt says <laughs> have y'all uh have y'all gotten into any like recent shit lately like as far like movies or books or anything I I I randomly picked up this show because I heard it was good. Uh, that kind of passed by Goliath, with um, oh, what's his name? Um, the Sling Blade dude. Um, oh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. And it's uh, the first one was this really good like deep drama, and then the second one got really weird and dark as fuck, and it involved like the mexican cartel and this guy that would like saw people's limbs off and shit and it yeah it got really weird and then the third one just got even weirder and, and it was about like it, it had like this uh this native like this group of ranchers that would smoke this hallucinogenic weed that this this like native american casino owner would give them and then he had another one that would like, uh, if he would mix it in with their smoke, it would kill them. It would give them a heart attack. And it had it was this little bottle with a crow on it. And then like cr- a crow would show up in different parts of the, uh, like as a warning. So it was like semi like mystical, and it was like so out of left field. It was like this this show kept it was it it felt like a a different show in that third season. The last one I just watched. Apparently the fourth one like gets back to normal, like it returns to kind of how grounded it was in the first one. But it's a good show. I believe Bob Thornton's fucking a good time. He's oh, yeah, old... he's great. Yeah, he shows up briefly, and um, actually the there's a Yellowstone spinoff called 1883. That's one season, which is like maybe the best thing that guy's ever done. It's so fucking good. Um, it's basically like um, the Oregon Trail. The show is more or less what it is, <laughs> but um, cool. but it's it's really good. And uh, Billy Bob Thornton shows up in it for one episode as a sheriff. He just like comes in and like murders a bunch of people. And that's it. And he's fucking great, and <laughs> it. it's amazing. He was incredible in Fargo season one. I think that's my favorite. Yeah. Bob just the dark man so good yeah he's really awesome in that he's 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 actually a versatile actor that's what's like some people like some people claim to be actors they're just really like the same person but he's actually he can fucking do different things yeah he's been in a a few of the like real crass white trash humor things to where people think like i do know a lot of people who just like as far as like video store poster movie billy bob thornton like oh the guy who is like have you seen him in fargo have you seen i mean obviously sling blade like 
everybody knows that is one of the exceptions but then like it's like this dude's all over the place yeah he's got a, a really special kind of charisma where he can turn it on and off like, yeah he can be so charming and like uh i don't know just like captivating but then he can also be this weird background like straighter face character it's it's pretty impressive yeah that that's true like i don't like he can he has this ability to be like cool as fuck and one thing and then like a complete doofus dumb shit like it like <laughs> yeah it's really it's actually kind of astonishing oh this is totally off topic but it's one of the coolest things that's happened to me in a while so I, when I started watching Black Sails, like have either of you seen Shameless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, the the captain. captain? Yeah. So okay, the guy in Shameless that has like the long hair, uh, and he's like dumb, and he's like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found the secret, the secret to curing comas is an orgasm. <laughs> that guy is Captain Vane. Like he's this badass. Grew up as a slave child like fucking pirate warrior on black sails and i'm watching it for like three full episodes and i can't i'm like waiting for him to say something dumb and it's <laughs> but i'm floored by this guy i forget his name but like now i want to watch everything he's been in because i cannot believe that he pulls off both characters so well and they're like exact opposites i think he doesn't get cast in more shit because his face is so like specific looking that yeah. I it's a whole lot of roles but God, he's good, man. If you watch Black Sails, like you're gonna freak out if you see Shameless. Like this dude, it's so <laughs> nuts to see him be serious and like nail it. He's he's badass in, in in Black Sails. He was one of my favorite characters in the show, actually. Yeah, he's a true true warrior, like honorable. Um, he's fucking cool. That, other than Black Sails, I I don't know. I've I feel like I've watched a lot of shit lately, but none of it's been like really good except thanks to you i watched most of atlanta i'm still working on season three um but god damn it atlanta is amazing like it's it's kind of it's it's really gratifying to me it makes me feel cool because i've always said donald glover is like since community i was like that dude's got way more in him than you than we're seeing right now uh mm. and to, to see that he's actually doing something uh that will last like people will fucking remember this show and revisit it later i think and yeah and i don't think people even understand how good it is yet no yeah like i've preached that show so hardcore since i first found it i watched the first two seasons like over and over again whenever they first came out i was like i just keep putting this on like i can't even watch anything else it doesn't match up and uh the see season three had hits in it it's where it seemed like it got it hit at the right time when it returned to season three that people paid even more attention to it and i was like oh shit like because it's, it's not as good as what came before it so i was like fuck trust me like <laughs> this is a really good show i don't know what they're doing right now <laughs> but like uh but they fucking stuck the landing hard with season four like with how ending it like the whole last season is like the cap is like is the ending and it's oh, shit. Okay. It, was, it was perfect 
Oh, like, I'm so glad to hear that, especially from you, because now I just trust it and I can just relax. Yeah, and and I, you know, I, uh, I hope that with like season three that I maybe water it down for some people enough to be like, what are you talking about? Season three is amazing, because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I had such high, and I was thinking that too to myself. I was like, are my expectations way too high or what? Like but uh no donald glover knows what he's doing like and even even like with the collaboration between his brother writing a lot of the shit and uh hero uh what was it hero mayora yeah uh, the director like they're a great collaborative team yeah it's, it's so impressive and it's a great example of uh what we we're talking about earlier like there's a lot of times where they just kind of are like describing for you what happens. Like, they're just like, here's the scene. This is what happened. There's no point. Like, yeah. It's just a story. And it's so much more captivating because you're like, yeah, you feel like you had an experience and it's much more complicated than just having one little point to it. Yeah. And it, uh, that's like the best the funniest times with South Park or like the Simpsons was when it was just like, Hey, this is funny. This is ridiculous. And then when like, especially South Park gets to the point of like people being like, well, what, which side of the fence are they on with this episode? It's like, Oh, such a boring way to make shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, just do something funny and dumb again. <laughs> <laughs> I think we remove ourselves from the moment when we do things like that. And, and and we do the same thing when we try to explain ourselves or we think we have to. Like, this is cool because rather than just like sitting with that feeling of coolness, you like step aside to try and explain it. And I think it's kind of the same. Yeah. Like it, it just removes you from that immediacy. And then you're like, but I'm not actually in it now. I don't know. Yeah, that's become so hardcore and it it seems like it got it it seems like things are turning away from that finally. Like I do think the N-word is becoming a thing that people want in their lives again. <laughs> mm. Uh that like with the based and woke stuff, it, that became so hardcore, like, oh this show is woke or this show's based. It's like yeah, I'm already I'm already sick of both. I I was sick of woke, and now I'm getting sick of that term. I've because I I think I think I because I, I listened to more people that were kind of on the right side of thing or politically, and then after a while, I'm like, I'm getting kind of tired of this too. Yeah, like you guys are all sounding the same as well, and like that's not why I initially was curious about that <laughs> yeah it, it is all the same because it's all internet speak and it's yeah and it's all punditry it's like replacing republican democrat whatever with just like based woke whatever like it's just mm. continuous like categorization like yeah categorization endless. and then you have to be on you have to be rooting for this team even when they're in the shit and it's like no i don't I don't want to be yeah. in the shit. I don't want to pretend Avatar Two looks good. It's <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it's not. It's no. Yeah. 
although the the white lotus i do i put it on as like kind of a background thing that i thought this might be cool whatever it'll just be like some background noise while i get some chores done uh so far i'm not sure where that show is going it seems like a build-up to something and i'm i'm really curious because i'm not sure what it's supposed to be like like is this a comedy is this a murder mystery like uh they they might be a the rideoids might be right about that one so far it seems mm-hmm. it seems pretty good so far <laughs> oh I yeah i haven't even heard of this interesting i can't I know i know i know about it because of jack i canceled hbo recently i was like I, I watched the dragon show and i was like oh you guys just aren't even trying anymore you're just letting netflix have it all this is all background deals going on uh, <laughs> they're gonna monoculture everything into netflix and then they separate it by region to control thought but um i think i think it's also worth mentioning that like all the meme language and stuff of the internet going back to the internet is actually military technology. Uh, we also have 40 plus years of MK Ultra and PSYOP research with like no oversight and an infinite budget. And yeah. now they have the means to like social contagion. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but social contagion uh, is like an entire science that was developed by uh, like the deep state, like in recent years uh and it is essentially that it's using language terminology and ideas as looking at them as viral infections and then learning how to utilize them as such which is literally the super in all the time like that is it's not like something they're playing it's something that we know about now so it means it's been implemented for like at least a decade yeah Uh, yeah no, you can see it's so hardcore too I, i kick myself every time i participate like i even as early as today, I like rattled off a few posts where I was like, immediately went back and was like, what are you, what are you doing? You're, you're participating now, <laughs> like, mm. delete that. Not because you don't like, even when you genuinely feel something or want to say something, when you participate in that game that they've constructed, you're playing, you're a part of that study. And is I don't I don't want to be a part of any kind of MK Ultra shit. Right. And it's weird because it's like your your idea is still yours, but when you've like woven one of the threads of your rope through theirs, that it's like you feel that it's it's tied together now. Like if you use meme language to express a genuine idea, it I don't know. There might be some value in that. Like maybe it tricks people into actually hearing it sometimes because they're so programmed that they don't see the posts that are like real maybe their eyes skip by the things that aren't catchphrases so it could be there's some merit in like using it on purpose with that with awareness but but yeah it makes me feel icky when i do it it just makes me feel gross i'm like ah fuck i don't want to be just floating like a leaf on the river going to be a rock breaking that current yeah yeah it's tricky too if you want to do if like you're trying to do it on purpose it's like you're sitting down in the clockwork orange chair going i know what you're doing but you're still sitting in the chair (laughs) (laughs) i'm on to you now pry my eyes open (laughs) you're holding it open for them is probably what's going yeah (laughs) yeah exactly 
It's, I uh, think I might I might have to take my dog outside. He's been he's being a little fidget. Right on. It's been uh, three hours. We could call it. This it's a good one. It's been I always know it's a good one when I just have a good time. I've been having a yeah. good time. So <laughs> great. Uh, I mean, I've been looking forward to talking to you and David since we started this show. Um, I was just kind of like waiting until I felt good about the show to be like, let's have him on now. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's been so good to talk to you, man. And uh, I'm stoked that tomorrow, as of when this is being recorded, the episode with David's coming out. So hell super- yeah. Yeah, no, I'm super hyped. And I think more people should listen to the show. You have a really solid thing going on. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, I hope y'all just keep doing it. It's one of my favorites. Um, it means a lot, man. Um, and and yeah, more it's... people need to read your books, and more people, more people out there need to like. Yeah, definitely read Mercy, guys. It's fucking yeah, awesome. Mercy, <laughs> fucking good. I hope that our little teaser conversation got people stoked about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, shit. Um, we will definitely be reaching out to have you back at some point soon. And um, fuck, take care, man. I don't want to go, but I know it's been three hours and I just. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, we'll be in touch. We'll, right it's been a blast. Y'all be easy. You too. Thanks again. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank y'all. Thank you.